friends. It's good to see you again. I'm Brian. And I'm Joe. Let's, Let's start, start the show. show. Live from Bozeman, Montana. Episode 42. 42 coming at you. It doesn't feel like it's been 42 episodes with you, Joe. No, but when we started this, I was like, there's no way we're getting to 50. Right, and that was our goal, but I just didn't mm-hmm. think we'd hit the goal. I, know, I was just like, that's a lofty one. We'll probably fizzle out at 22. But we haven't missed an upload. We, right. came, we came really close. We've had one that's like the right day, just it was a little late. Mm-hmm. And then we had one that was just like a 10-minute phoning it in. But that's okay. Which counts. It does count. It counts. And so here we are at episode 42 where we took a trip to Bozeman. How, how was the drive for you? It's always beautiful coming out here from Great Falls. Love it. Through the canyon, mm-hmm. through Helena, through Townsend, through Three Forks where we stopped at Harvest Bread so you could use the litter box. Yep. Almost wanted to get one of those oversized cinnamon rolls, but you know. It smelled so good in there. Got things to do, people to see. Uh, yeah. And then we saw my grandma. You got to meet my grandma, Donna Houghton. And uh, when I introduced you as Joe Ryan, the guy I do a podcast with, she said, a what? A what? Mm-hmm. A what? And I was like, it's a internet radio show. That's the best way I could explain, you know, what it, what it was to her. And she's like, oh. Uh-huh. And then changed the subject. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And so you got to meet her dog, Maggie. Mm-hmm. And then my grandpa wasn't home, so we went and saw him at O'Reilly's. And you met my Marine grandfather. Hilariously dressed um, exactly like my dad, who's a Marine, would be dressed. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe they're about the same age. Yeah. They, yeah. I would, I would imagine they were both in Vietnam. So they've yeah. got, they got to be somewhere mm-hmm. within the same, you know, I was time like, wow, frame there. They, they dress at the same place. And I mean, it's... <laughs> It's like a style of clothing. I don't know even how to describe it. Right. And so, yeah. So Don Houghton, uh, my grandpa, was kind of a father figure. I explained a little bit more after we met him, kind of who he was in my life, um, Mm -hmm. once my parents divorced and we moved to Montana. And so it was nice to see him. And then we went to Music Villa. Yo. Shout out Music Villa. We had a guitar day. And we got a little stuff on our Instagram story about Music Villa. But why are we in Bozeman? We are here to interview someone that you met on Instagram. Instagram. We Inst- met on Instagram, which is like a creepy way to then I'm then me reach out to you and say, do you want to meet in a, well, we're in the conference room of Cold Smoke, but um, kind of a creepy way. Somebody we, we, but I think we've had a good relationship over Instagram. We've got uh, Sean Durkee here. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I know I've got a lot of Instagram friends. It's nice to finally meet some of them in person and know that they exist and they're not just <laughs> they're not some, some Russian bot, bot somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the system yeah. works. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, I, I really uh, we got connected because I reached out to you. I think I think I'm remembering this right. I could I know I could scroll back through like Instagram, but we've talked a lot. So um, I reached out to you because I just wanted to let you know your advertising was working. <laughs> I was like, oh, I I totally got. Suckered into your advertising, and you're like, "Great! I just started it a couple yes, days ago. Nice. I'm glad it's working." Yeah, um, because uh, you have a a backcountry food com- company. Would you call it a company? Yes. Yeah, I would call a, com- it a company. A company. Backcountry food company. I don't know if you'd say business or I don't. I didn't know how to how to say that. But back backcountry food company. But it also you before that you had a website that was like an online store. Yes. Right? Or both of those start at the same time? So the store started in 2018. I was doing kind of a side hustle. I was working as a, a manufacturing engineer for an optics company, and I wasn't super satisfied with that. So mm-hmm. 
I uh, just wanted to get into something that I enjoyed a little bit more, and we started carrying about 15 to 20 brands of food on our website, just a one-stop shop with food, snacks, meals, all sorts of good stuff. So mm-hmm. we had uh, Heather's Choice, Peak Refuel, Trail Butter, a lot of lesser-known names. Even then, some of those brands weren't in REI, so we were trying to be a niche store for food that was really healthy and maybe food you couldn't get on Amazon or REI, things like that. So we started with that for a couple years, um, and uh, we were exclusively just a dealer at that point. Right, right. And and um, I hadn't heard of you until COVID happened and you started making your own food, which we'll get into. I don't want to get... I have a question. Well, oh. What was the name of the store? Alpenfuel, A-L-P-E-N. Alpenfuel.com. Alpenfuel.com. Yeah. Can I look it up? Yes. Yeah. We oh, registered. Definitely. We bought the domain in September of 2018. And then in uh, January 1st, 2019, we made our first sale. Uh, we actually tried to launch two things at once. One of them is not well known because it failed so so badly. Uh-huh. We launched a, a backcountry food subscription box when hey. we started. And it went until October of that year. And it was not successful at all. So we held on to the the food dealer side, but uh, the subscription box we just let atrophy. It was it was not a win for us. But we met some good folks, um, made some good connections, do, trying that. But right, ultimately, right. it was a failure. So not everything you try uh, turns to gold, unfortunately. <laughs> right, right. Um, okay, so did, um, every all of our. Uh, uh, listeners uh, what am i trying to say um dedicated listeners people that have been listening for a while they know how we start our interviews yeah and it's with 10 questions yo and so i think we need to we need to jump into that because i'm really excited to talk to you and i know if we keep going we're not even going to get to the 10 questions you guys are just going to go down the we're going to go trail we're going to go down the bunny trail and you got the food the right type of food to go down that trail (laughs) (laughs) yes yes so um joe do you want to try giving us the intro song for our our 10 questions you even remember because it's been a while no hold on (laughs) okay so this is going to be really good (laughs) let me just talk myself into a positive mood here i can do this wait where was it right here uh, I don't know. I want to say it was this. Nope, that nope. wasn't it. We need we need better music than that. Um, I think it's on the previous one. There you go. Ah, here it is. Okay, that one's still that's, on. Isn't that's that still fun? on. Yeah, that was from the previous. Su- Anyways, no. <laughs> I think it's I think it's yellow. Yeah, got it. No, I'm gonna get it. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the thing formerly known as the speed round no longer the speed round we're just gonna ask you 10 fun little questions you can take all the time you need to answer these questions because we're just trying to get to know each other oh yeah (laughs) thank you for that joe i mean (laughs) he does a good job excellent we had it pre-recorded and it just makes sense for him to do it live it's just way better Question, question one question one are you ready okay i'm ready um even if you try to look over at our notes you won't be able to get the question because we know it and we just have like shorthand notes. So this one, you can mm-hmm. see the note is shoes. Um, <laughs> if, if you, you're inside, you're inside your home and you've got to go grab the mail or you got to go, you know, get the garbage out because you can hear the truck down the road and you're about to miss garbage day. Are you the kind of guy that goes out barefoot? Do you throw on some kind of like flip flop? 
type shoe or do you squish the heel down on the back of your shoe? Great question. Um, <laughs> I do not go anywhere barefoot. I, I refuse to. I always step on little rocks and bits of food and everything. And I have a dog and an eight-year-old and a uh, five-year-old son. So our, our food, or excuse me, our floor is in various states. So I wear flip-flops in the summer and Crocs in the winter. Ooh, ooh, throwing out the Crocs. You're in good company. Yeah, Joe man. goes nowhere barefoot. Yeah, nowhere. I won't do it. <clears throat> Same I mean, reason, too. I mean, yeah. simil- similar reasons. I yeah. just I, I don't want my feet to hurt, and they're soft and vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, who, who thought of that barefoot running movement anyways? So uh, weird. Uh, Where are those guys now? They're all, they're all getting foot surgery. We don't hear about them because nope. they're done. They're yeah. done. What happened to those guys? Yeah, it was very brief. <laughs> all right, question two, Joe. You have an airplane waiting for you, a private one, ready to take you wherever you want to get the meal of your choice. Now, you can sit there and eat that meal because of the place that it is that you love so much, or you can get the best food ever and take your private jet and go to a place where then you can eat it. So... What kind of food would you get? And if you left, where would it be to go eat it? Wow, that's a great question. Um, I'm trying to think of the two meals that stood out in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is on my honeymoon. It was these giant shrimp prawns down in, uh, in Mexico. But I think I've got to go with the Lolo Steakhouse over in Missoula. Have you guys ever been there? Lolo Steakhouse. They have wood-fired mm. grills. I've heard of it, it's, yes, but I haven't been there. It's worth mm. driving over just for dinner. It's insane. So okay. I ribeye from there, and I would be flown probably somewhere in the Beartooth or the Wind River Range at 10,000 feet to watch the sunset or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. no, that sounds good. That sounds uh, I mean, there are logistics when you have a private plane, like you'd need like a... a but our private plane that we have for you is magical. It's one of those. So we can land yeah, yeah. anywhere yeah. you want. And so you're taking off from, from Bozeman, Montana, going to Lolo, picking up a ribeye, and then going flying into the Beartooth, 10,000 feet, and you're watching the sun rise or set? Probably rise, because then I can use the day. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're having the ribeye early. It's bre- well, no, nah, I didn't think that through. <laughs> Maybe it's a lunch trip. Yeah. Maybe lunch yeah. trip. There you go. Okay. But at some point, you'll see the sun do the thing. That's awesome. Okay. Uh, question number three is, uh, we don't know why, but you're being forced to watch an animated uh, like movie or, or show. Uh, are you going to, uh, but you get a choice of which animated one. So are you going to watch a, uh, uh, oh my goodness, anime. I totally lost that word in my head. Like anime type show, uh, an adult cartoon like family guy um archer something like that adult swim or are you going to watch disney-esque and that the full gamut of disney pixar you know any of those out of those three which are you choosing go um let's see i don't dabble in anime at all mm-hmm. and i never really watched the simpsons or anything like that so it's gonna have to be pixar Mm-hmm. You have a five and eight year old. What movie are you watching? 
Because you know the movies. I know you know the movies. Uh, I know some of the recent ones just by car trips. I actually have never seen them. I've just heard them 18 times. <laughs> I can quote for you the movie, but I've and, never uh, seen it. <laughs> you don't know so. what any of the characters... So the, all the characters in your mind, do they look like little Muppets? <laughs> and, and they just know their voices? And it's all yes, kind of I've, I've yeah. got, I'd like to see the movie just to see if my... My uh, version of them matches up. I doubt it would. It's the one with uh, a drag or a Dracula. I can't. Dracula. Oh yeah, I think Joe I know knows. what you're talking about. Joe knows. Yeah, there was one. Uh, yeah, Dracula, and then there was some kid. Gosh, I that, think Steve Carell might be in it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, I'm not placing this one. I, I can picture like maybe at the very end when there's a tower. And the towers fall. I can picture like two seconds of this movie. It's like, <laughs> but I know that there's a, a Dracula movie out there. He's got a terrible accent in it. I feel like it's even <laughs> Adam Sandler might be the. He's, no, you're right. It's Adam Sandler. Not, Adam Sandler's not, the Dra- yeah, yeah, Dracula. Yeah, that's okay. the one. All right, you ask question four, and I'm going to Google what Just movie Google this is. that is. Yep. Because you'll be interested. You might even want to see it because I don't mm-hmm. know. It was pretty funny. So, this is the desert island question. So. What three things do you bring with you? I guess knowing that you're going to be stranded on a desert island and, and you know, all the food and water. Let's just say it's a prison camp, but we're going to let you have three things to um, keep yourself sane. Now, what do you bring to... Uh, you're saying that I have food and water? Yeah, yeah. You don't have to worry about that. I have food and water, mm-hmm. keep myself sane. And you can't escape, so you're just hanging out now. So what are, what are the things that you're just like, well, if this is where I'm going to be... It's an island in the middle of the... In the middle of the Caribbean or something? Yeah, okay. Um, you can say that. Tropical, I was thinking. Uh, fly rod. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I can enjoy myself. A book, and the last one is going to be chapstick. <laughs> I don't go anywhere without chapstick. Yeah, you can't, I can't stand having dry Sunscreen lips. or chapstick, I don't know. I just I, When I was fishing. at work and I forgot my chapstick, I would say, sorry, I got to go to the store and buy a new one. Yep. Yep. It's just non-negotiable for so me. So I'm a firm believer if you can fight through whatever happens for chapped lips and don't use chapstick, you don't need it. Uh-huh. And so I refuse. I refuse to use chapstick because I see... Opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. And so I'm completely opposite. I'm like, I refuse. Even though I love chapstick. I've, I've used it before, but I feel that it's... Uh, it, it tricks you. Well, there was, you know, I don't know. Uh, one, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. One of my many um, father in law, ex father in laws, um, one of them was a, a chemist, and he had that theory. He's like, "Oh, you're using, you're using that lip stuff. You shouldn't. You're, you get addicted to it." And I was right. like, "That's nuts. It's just bee wax. How mm-hmm. would you?" <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe there's something. There to might it. be some truth to it. He um, was a chemist. Are I you mean, guys <laughs> liking? Are you guys liking the name Hotel Transylvania? Yes. Yeah, that's how's that. One. How's that sitting? Hotel I think there's two of them, actually. There is a second one, yep. And I don't know which one we listen to or watch over and over. <laughs> it's but. one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he also looks like um, a movie called Puppy. Mm. That might be, I don't know. That oh, he be. plays Dracula, so that might be like number two. Oh, okay. So, Maybe. yeah. Anyway. Oh, that, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Good. I just had to get that movie. Good. I had to know. Thank I didn't know what it was. Good movie. Uh, this next question is a simple one, and you don't have to answer if you don't want to. But do you have any phobias? Oh, my. I dislike spiders and snakes, but I'm not insanely mm-hmm. terribly afraid of them. I mean, um, 
I don't like heights, but I endure them. No, I, I don't really have any phobias. So you just listed the three most common ones we hear on here. Spiders, snakes, heights. Yeah. Those are the three most common. Um, it's just a good idea to be wary of all three. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. I, and like, I'm, I'm, I can already tell just by your answer that I'm more afraid of all of those things than you are. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just, I, I portray I, it well. <laughs> I, can, I can already tell. Mm-hmm. I just uh, heard a comedian talking about spiders and his, he's deathly afraid and he was driving along on like the largest freeway in the United States. I can't remember where. And this, this spider came down from his visor. And he's like, it was a hairy one. And that matters, mm-hmm. knowing that it was hairy. And it comes down and then went back up in his visor. So he crossed nine lanes of traffic uh-huh. to get to the shoulder. <laughs> and when he got over there, he put his visor down. The spider's not there. Oh, no. So he called AAA and said, he told AAA, my vehicle is smoking, but it's not doing it anymore. Can you just check all the crevices? <laughs> <laughs> and so that was his way he tricked AAA into checking for spiders. And I'm now using that. The next time I have a spider in my vehicle. I like it. Uh, Question six. You can have the pet of your choice, and it can be a cool one. So, you know, if you want a tiger, you can have a tiger. It'll be fine. You can walk around with it in town. Okay, we'll take care of all the licensing. So if you could have anything, what would it be and why? Even if it's not realistic. Anything. Yeah, if you wanted to like befriend a humpback whale or something. We, you know. Yeah, we'd somehow figure out a how to A dragon to whale. kill my spiders in my house. <laughs> dragon for dragon um, spider. Mm. I bet we could find um, one of those and clone it. It wouldn't be a bird, I can tell you that. No bird, no falconry. Okay. Probably a dog that never did number two. Mm, a poopless dog. Then it'd be about a perfect animal. Whoa. Well, a dog mixing, mix, missing the exit hole. Or it poops money. Yeah, Ooh. you could replace it with <laughs> <laughs> even better. Yeah. yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. Okay. You just hear cha-ching every yeah, time. Because I was time. thinking, there's no way that we can, we can feed a dog without something coming out. But if we turned it into something we like, yeah. now we can call the dog genetics people and, and have them get to work yeah. on something that's viable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so your dog's squatting in the back and you hear cha-ching and like <laughs> yes. you finally get the kids to be able to clean up the mess exactly. in the backyard, right? I got a dog that poops <laughs> golden eggs. Yeah. You don't have to give them chore money either. It takes care of itself. Yeah. yeah. Man. Okay. That's cool. That's a great answer. Okay. Uh, when I was, uh, oh, I just met my grandma today. Yeah. And you met my grandpa. Mm-hmm. And so when I was riding around with Don, Okay. He was listening to old classical um, rock, um, which at the time was oldies, and now I think I think it might, might be the same name, but still oldies, oldies, oldies rock. Uh, when I ride around with my mom, it was like uh, '90s country, right? And that was pretty big here in the the Gallatin Valley. This is where I grew up, and uh, and so I'm I'm curious as to what kind of music you were listening to when you didn't choose it, right? When your parents or whoever you were riding around with, what they were listening to. And then now, what do you listen to? Oh, you guys have great questions. So my mom was into, let's see, I grew up in Helena, Montana. I was born in 1982, Mm -hmm. so I'm 39. And my mom was into the 80s uh, exercise she, she used to go to this old brewery in Helena and, yeah. and, and work out with the other ladies, and they'd wear, 
you know, the 80s stuff and listen to 80s music, and I'd play with my Legos out in the entryway with mm-hmm. my sister. Cool. And so that, uh, I was actually thinking about that the other day when a song came on when we were working in the kitchen, and uh, it was an old 80s song. I, Saturday mornings when I'm making breakfast or whatever, Sunday mornings, I, uh, I turn on 80s rock. So I listen to that a lot now. I listen to a lot of classical, what I guess classic rock or classic country. I, I stick with the 70s, 80s, and even 90s, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so when, uh, classic country, can one artist or Merle song? Haggard. Oh, okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah, I like Merle. Yeah, it, it just it helps our, our listeners um, really just um, stereotype you as much as possible. Yeah, and so that's what we're trying to help. Yeah, with. whatever's easiest yeah, for them. Yeah, yeah. 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 We don't and want so, them to do it on their own. So music is a big deal. We want to just really help them do that. Okay. All right. So eighties. Um, I remember my mom used to do like those aerobics classes, and it was like bright colored spandex, and they had like the the sweatbands. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. And my, my aunt used to run one, like be like the, the head of the, the aerobics class. Whoa. Uh, question eight. Question eight. Um, so we talked about music as a kid. Let's now talk about, oh, this could segue into later on in the interview here. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you eat as a kid? Like what types of food were in, your, when you're, were in your house? How were they prepared? And then how has that informed how you eat today? My mother... She uh, was a piano teacher, and she taught piano in our basement. So there were a couple days of the week when she didn't have as much time. And those type of days, it would be shake-and-bake chicken. Whoa, okay. Still. And some of that going on. I mm-hmm. think there was a lot of maybe food fears back then about fat and all sorts of things. And so I can remember... Yeah my family cycling through the low-fat Oreos and other things that really weren't worth anybody's yeah. time. Yeah, But uh, we ate some wild meat. We ate a lot of beef, chicken, pork. Um, she was a rancher's daughter. And so a lot of meat and potatoes, stew, that type of food. Oh, Montana food right yeah. there. Yeah. That's, that's like Stereotypical Montana food. Montana food. And then now, so my wife um, grew up, she worked for a caterer down in Wyoming for a while. She's an amazing cook. And so she does an amazing job with whatever type of meat we do. I'd say we eat some wild game. I usually shoot one or two animals a year. Um, I'm all about barbecuing. Mm-hmm. And so we do a lot of roasts. And, Char- and Is it charcoal or propane? Propane. Okay. I'm okay. too impatient for anything else. So <laughs> okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. We do a lot of that now, um, some slow cooking, but... Uh, yeah, just a wide mix of meat and vegetables and everything. I wouldn't say that we eat terribly healthy, but not the worst in the world either. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're eating wild game, you're getting you're getting some healthy stuff there. Yeah, you can have some Doritos after that if you want. Well, unless you <laughs> smother it in butter and bread it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't remember. One of the guys I follow on Instagram was making jerky, and it was like this maple syrup, you know, whatever jerky. And he's like, I'm taking the... Most healthy elk meat possible, and slathering it, and uh, I think there was alcohol of some sort, and and tons of sugar, you know. And so I'm kind of turning it into candy, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Let's <laughs> let's turn this wholesome meal into poison, shall we? Um, question nine is: What do you? What did you want to be when you grew up? 
A lot of things. Uh, when I was very, very young, I wanted to be a garbage truck driver. Ooh. And uh, yeah, that didn't last too long until I figured out, you know, the ins and outs of that role. Um, I'm thankful people do it, but it's a, man, it'd be a challenging position. When I, my dad, I guess, was a, uh, he did x-ray and ultrasound growing up. Oh. So I've always been exposed to the medical field. Um, in high school, I wanted to be an EMT. Um, also in high school, we had, I was at Wendy's eating dinner with my folks, and uh, this bike was driving down the main one-way coming right in by Wendy's there. And uh, this car pulled out in front of them, and they hit the car and went catapulting over. The handlebars hit their head, and they were bleeding and unconscious. So my dad ran out there and helped, and I got close and couldn't even, you know, the blood and everything. <laughs> really? Yeah. So I, I moved away from the medical side. Uh, my sister is a cancer nurse, so those, her and my dad handled that, and I went into something more math-oriented. But I, I went through... I changed my major five times or something like this in, in college. So I wanted to be a fish and game type biologist or a warden. I, I studied fish and game um, in college. I studied civil engineering. I studied teaching until I got to observe kids and figured out that <laughs> seventh graders are terrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, seventh graders are the worst. Um, yeah. As a youth pastor, I can attest that uh, seventh graders are the worst. Yeah, for any of you seventh graders out there, why don't you shape up a little bit? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, right out of college, where did you where did you end up? So I, I, after I made all the rounds in the majors, I, in my my majors in college, I ended up as an industrial engineer for Boeing for two and a half years, or excuse mm. me, one and a half. Oh, cool. Did you uh, do that in Seattle? I did that in Seattle. They hired half of my graduating class, so I was among friends out there for sure. Oh, I think there was 14 of us or something, and half of us ended up out there. So you go to the lunchroom, and like, oh, I know you. And I know you. Lunch before. You were in the class before me, so I ended up out there. Cool. My uncle was working out there, um, Tom Hesselbrock. He, was in, he, said, he told me he was in charge of uh, engineers, but um, then he was learning Japanese because they put him in, in charge of the Japanese engineers I don't know, doing the stress tests. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Do you know which airplane he was on? Or a variety of them, probably. Yeah, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, it was a variety. He, he was just the one doing the, oh, well, we're going to check the wing or that part of the wing now, and we're going to see how far it will bend until it breaks and all that kind of cool stuff. Yeah, there's some insane videos on YouTube you can look up where they... Well, it's called the triple seven seven seventy seven. If you look up that deflection test, they uh-huh. bend. I don't know thirty feet, and then they snap, and then they explode. Basically, when they snap, and Whoa. stuff goes everywhere. It's it's cool to watch. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Seven seventy seven exploding stuff. Okay. Yeah, we oh. tell people to YouTube stuff all the time, so you're fitting right in right now. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Like we 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 don't ever tell them like the name of the video. We're like, plug this in to the YouTube search. You know how to Google. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what you're doing. So plug in seven seventy seven wing explosion or stress stress test. test and after like that, that, do the seven eighty seven because it had composite wings and they bent even further. So that was pretty wild to watch. Mm. But cool. with that airplane, the planes, the wings actually deflect some in flight, which can be a little unnerving. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, um, I've never seen it. I'm just saying that when you said that, yes, I'm unnerved. <laughs> also, also when you go up into like a skyscraper and you can feel the building move a little bit, I think that'd be a similar feeling for me as seeing the wings move. Yeah. F- feeling a building move yeah no thank you and know that it's supposed to do that right because i went to the top of the 
the St. Louis Arch uh, Gateway to the West or whatever it's called, that big arch. And you could that you, you couldn't see it from the ground, uh-huh. but it, it definitely like swayed a little bit once yeah. you got up to these little like almost submarine windows that are in the top when you ride this like little elevator up there. I thought it was just like a sculpture, to be yeah, honest with you. I, I didn't know. Oh no, it's it's you can actually get in it and, and ride. It's not actually an elevator because it, it can't be because it's not straight. Right. And so it's almost like a roller coaster type thing if you think about that it's uh-huh. you get in a, a two-person compartment and it goes up a little ways and it like rotates so that it can keep going up and then it'll go and it just kind of keeps rotating as it goes up reminds me of the elevators at the luxor in las vegas at the pyramid they go diagonal oh i i, I haven't seen those Pretty so cool. maybe can i circle back to the phobia question I yeah oh i'm gonna add this to my fears i don't uh i hate going over high bridges Ooh. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But it's more, I mean, the height bothers me, but I just, I don't always trust the people that built them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or that are inspecting them. I yeah. mean, the one over the Yellowstone River in the park, uh-huh. I hate that one. I drove over some going to uh, uh, Tri-Cities area down, well, south of Tri-Cities going towards Portland. Yeah, I just, I yep. can't wait to get off of them. Right. And uh. it's like... Um, yeah, it doesn't matter what anyone can tell you about how safe they are or whatever. Just knowing that a bridge anywhere has collapsed and there were cars on it is enough for me. Like, that's what I'm thinking of the whole time on the bridge. I'm like, well, there was a bridge somewhere that collapsed. Am I going to be the one today? It right. It makes no sense, but that's why it's a phobia. And so going through your heads when that's happening, because I don't have like a, I'm not like scared. No, the I'm more thing. like preparing my brain if this happens, what am I going to do? So do you think about that? Like if the bridge collapsed, what you're going to do? Or are you just kind of fearful and not really planning? I'm wondering. It's immediately when I realize I don't have one of those emergency hammer cutter things <laughs> to get out of the car. Seatbelt and window. Yeah. yeah if, you go, if you get submerged, I always think, oh, I should buy one of those. But that's about it. I never do. What about you, Sean? Do you, think, uh, do you think of a plan if this bridge goes down? No, I just think of... Right now, something is out of my control, and I don't really like it. Yeah. Like I, yeah. If I'm on stable ground, I feel like, I don't know, the outcome's a little more certain. But Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I always, th- like, I don't think about, like, I'm always going to make it, right? It's never like I'm not going to live through that. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen if, the, but I'm assuming if the bridge collapses, I'm not, you know, especially a, a tall bridge. By the time yeah. you hit, you're inside your car, like, yeah, you're not, there's not a big chance you're going to make but it. But I don't have... A fear of flying, per se, you know. It's, <laughs> I probably should have a bigger fear of that than a bridge. But Well, and, and we had somebody explain their fear of heights, and it was, I think they said uh, maybe like a rational fear. I can't remember the words they described, but it's like a tall ladder or, or anything. But then once they got like so high, you know, in a plane or, or something like that, like it's not as fearful anymore of heights, per se. Hmm. Um, anyway, let's get the 10th uh, question done, and it's on you, Joe. Ten question. Okay, fine. Oh, wait. No, I usually do it. Sean, you've had a hard week, but you've done well. You've done extremely well. And now you're going to sit down and you're going to give yourself this thing that maybe is even just a rare thing. And you are like, you know what? I earned this. So what is that thing that you give yourself to reward as a reward after a hard time's work? Is it scotch? Is it maybe two steaks in a trip to the mountains or, you know, what are we talking? I earned this. I earned this thing. The thing that would probably make me the happiest, I guess I don't drink, so that's off um, the books. I would get an Oreo Blizzard from Dairy Queen. 
I'm Oreo Blizzard from Dairy Queen with all those calories. <laughs> that is a guilty pleasure. I like it. That's that's an easy one. And that's, it, that's easy. It works every time. And you can get it. Mm-hmm. And I, usually, when I'm thinking, when I go there. And I'm, I'm like, I'll just put in 20 different types of things. But all you really want is a, a smashed up Oreo, honestly. Yeah, or Haagen-Dazs. Um, they have one I found the other day. I can't think of the flavor, but something like that. Just Have you been Have you been to Cold Stone Creamery? Yeah, that's a little bit too overdone, in my opinion. There's oh, the, too the, much going on with those. The only thing I get is their um, cookie ice cream with extra Oreos mashed in. Well, it's, well, you can also get it in a shake form, and I do that. <laughs> more than anything as I get that shake. That stuff is rich, though, man. Oh, that's a rich ice yeah. cream. To be fair, I've only been there maybe twice, and the two things I got I didn't super care for, so maybe mm. I should give it another shot. If, if, maybe. if it's if it's the Oreos you're looking for, they might have your solution there. They mm-hmm. might. Yeah. But at Dairy Queen, I used to do a strawberry, um, what do they call it, like freezy, right? Like the frozen drink. But then I had them mix in their soft serve vanilla and then blend in a banana. Wow, you're going off the menu. Yeah, off menu. And a lot of times they wouldn't do the bananas. And so you had to find the right Dairy Queen. We're not doing that, sir. Yeah, they're like, we're not going to put a, a banana in that. For some reason, it's like sanitary, you know, unsanitary or something. that They, they have some stuff that the banana is supposed to go in. No, oh, well, they can't. They can't like cross-contaminate cross yeah. of some sort, and they didn't like doing it. And so I had to find the right person willing to break rules. Um, and I could, you know... In, in Great Falls, there's two different Dairy Queens, and so I knew which one I could go to. For those of you wondering, it's the one in Fox Farm. Uh, they'll, they'll make that drink for you. And now Fox they're Farm. probably going to have the, the Food and Drug Administration rating them. Don't do it, guys. <laughs> okay, do so it. that do we have a song to, con- to conclude? Or are we just doing... Uh, no, it's, <laughs> there's no... <laughs> I don't even know what that sound was. Thanks for successfully getting through the speed round. You answered all those questions, and we listened to your answers. And now we're going to play some music and move on to the next thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's good. I think we I think we have been um, just applauding people when they got done. That's what I was yeah. trying to find, but I, I can't remember. Yeah, it's a tough Oh, one. that would have been the laugh. We didn't want the laugh. Nah, we don't want to laugh at people. <laughs> um, right there. Yep. Hey, nice work. Hey, thank you. Right, yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Feels good. Feels good. <laughs> All right, Sean, we want to we wanna know a little bit more. Even though we've got good stuff from the 10 questions, we need to know a little bit more about you. Um, and so you mentioned, we've gotten quite a bit from the 10 questions. So you mentioned already that you have a five-year-old, eight-year-old. Um, you went to college, a bunch of different majors, but uh, that was in Seattle, correct? I went to MSU Bozeman. Here. Oh, you went to MSU yep. Bozeman. Okay, and then you went to Boeing in Seattle. I worked out there, correct. Okay, okay. MSU Bozeman is where you went through all your majors. And so we were probably, um, you graduated in 2000. You, oh, you graduated in 01. I was born in 82 and graduated in 2000. And so... Um, Overachiever. No, no. I was uh, eighth from the bottom of my list. Um, And from Belgrade High School, there were only seven people that had worse grades that actually graduated um, than me. So no, not an overachiever. I was born in April, though. Oh, I'm an August baby, yeah. So that might have been the difference. Might have been the difference. Okay, so we didn't go to MSU together. I went for four days, so we wouldn't remember each other anyway. I went to MSU for four days. Um, Okay, so graduated from MSU. 
and went to Seattle. What happens from there? What happens from there? I worked out there for a year and a half, and if you've ever toured their facilities, um, the building is a mile long. It has birds inside of it. Mm -hmm. Before they put in weather uh, systems that had its own weather patterns, it would rain in the building. It's insane. I -hmm. highly recommend that everybody tour that place. That's cool. Um, I was one of 100 engineers working on the 777 aircraft, so that was an incredible experience. I learned a lot. I was scheduling manufacturing work for over 100 mechanics Whoa, um, okay. those that assembled the wings like the flaps and slats and the put the hydraulics in and the tubes to the fuel tanks all that stuff so i learned a lot about scheduling work and uh, working with other folks and such and then i decided i wanted to work for a smaller company um, i went on the extreme opposite end, I worked as a contractor for a company that was making um, filter cleaning equipment. So the filters that go on diesel rigs, they, okay. they made a pneumatic system that blew those out and cleaned them. Um, back when those DPF, I think they're called diesel particulate filters, when those came on and were mandated. So I, I worked for that company and then came back to grad school. I wanted more punishment, I guess. So I came back <laughs> for more schooling. Um, here in Bozeman. Here in Bozeman, yep. And I studied... Um, some engineering, but more small business, like entrepreneurship type stuff at that point. So I, that was 08 to 2010, 2010, I got married. How'd you find her? A mutual friend, actually, through a church. We went through the same church. So I had a friend here, uh, a buddy that I went to school with, um, and he had a sister and his sister was best friends with my wife. So yeah, we met up in Manhattan at a church convention, church gathering, and then uh, got married in 2010. So I guess I met her when I was in Seattle and commuted back to to see her and things like that. So, Okay, okay. Yeah, cool. I guess that takes us to 2010. Um, got through school, got married, and then tried to find work, and there wasn't much locally. Um, I actually applied to go back to Boeing at that point. And uh, took a job in Philadelphia Oh! until I flew out there and decided that was not at all what I envisioned or wanted. I'd been on the West Coast, and Seattle's great. I mean, it's, uh, there's a lot of Montana folks out there. They're outdoorsy-type folks. The city's oh, yeah. tolerable. It's mm-hmm. a whole, as far as big cities go, you know, that in Denver or something that a Montana boy could easily find themselves in. But being in Philadelphia is like I landed on the moon. So um, I came back. I went out there to look for an apartment, and I called my wife like two hours into the trip. She could tell in my voice, like, this is not happening. So we uh, decided to stay in Bozeman. Actually, I had turned down a job offer, or excuse me, an interview at that point with the company that I later got to work with. But... uh, I called them and said, can I have that interview back? Um, and they said, yeah, sure. And I, So I, I took an interview actually in the, the visitor center for the Liberty Bell. It was kind of a crazy spot. I had a phone interview there and then um, got hired for that position, thankfully, because that was all the leads I had at that point. So I worked um, for that company for nine years up until 2010. Wait. Up until 2010? Or excuse me, 2020. 2020. 2020. Okay. Okay. And then that's that's where we're lining up with uh, the article in uh, Bozeman Chronicle, right? Yes. Where it kind of tells your story of uh, during COVID, 
Why don't you just clue us all in? During COVID, some stuff happened. Yeah, so when I worked at FLIR, I guess just a slight backstory, they make um, laser range-finding equipment um, for the military and cutting lasers for medical and industrial use. And so there again, I was um, working in procurement, uh, managing suppliers and that sort of thing, supply chain interactions and scheduling work for the shop floor, creating drawings. I I wasn't like a true design engineer by any means, more facilitation. Um, And uh, so I wasn't identifying with the work a lot. I mean, it's heavy physics stuff. My boss was a physicist. His boss was a doctorate in physics. So it wasn't like at Boeing where you've got a lot of mechanical engineers and business folks running things. Like a stereotypical manufacturing would be. This was heavy R&D and high-tech world so I didn't enjoy that I didn't want to learn much Uh, I say that I don't want to I didn't want to take the time to learn about the physics because frankly I wasn't interested in it so (laughs) it was not something I understood it wasn't something I wanted to learn Um, I got into management and managed a few people some of them were um, hard I had a hostile work investigation as my first HR incident Right. in my first couple of weeks as being a manager and I hadn't managed people period they I knew you know my boss left and I knew the business better than anybody in the front end uh, at that point so I took his role it was natural for me to step into it but the management side just about choked the life out of me I lost seven pounds at one point uh, it was I told my boss like this is not working out so I stepped back from that role um, but still didn't really want to work for the company uh, which I was very open with with my boss. And uh, so I actually trained <clears throat> the gal who was underneath me or whatever the word is. She was uh, reported to me. She um, was a technical planner, so I helped train her um, and looked for jobs in other manufacturing areas. And uh, that wasn't working out. I wasn't finding work that I was interested in and wanted to move to. So like I mentioned, I started Alpen in 2018 as a side business and then and kind of seeing what was coming, right? Yeah. Like you're just like, it's oh, like, I'm trying to find something, and let's start this side gig. and Let's start this. I've always yeah, loved yeah. the outdoors and hunting and fishing and whatnot. So I was interested in that, working weekends and evenings on that business. And then, uh, then when COVID hit, our business was heavily invested in medical customers, industrial customers. And, of course, you know, Volkswagen doesn't need lasers you know, when COVID hits, they're not hiring. Uh, medical equipment is capital equipment's put on hold. When COVID hits, nobody was buying these things. And so out of our 22-person facility here in Bozeman, they have three facilities in Bozeman. The one I worked at had 22 people, and they let, I think, four of us go. So I was the natural fit to let go on the front end. You know, Sean wants to leave anyways. He's not happy here. He's miserable. Right, Let's right. Let's cut him yeah. loose. So that was that was it. And did um, I don't want to go, like... You know, possibly somebody you worked with might listen or something. I'm not trying to like get you to say anything that, you know, would tarnish any relationship or anything. But did they give you notice? Like, did you kind of know it was coming? Even though you already kind of knew it was coming because you were looking for, you know, a place to place to go already. But did you kind of see it in the in the writing, writing on the wall? No, not uh. at all. Um, I actually prepared some of the manpower plans. You know, and in my role, I'm dealing with capacity. How many people does it make to make take to make X widgets? And so, we're saying we need to let one person from the fab shop go, one first person from polishing, one person from QC. So I'm, I'm the one developing the data that's supporting that decision. But on the front end, we always had the discussion amongst ourselves. It looks like we can keep everybody. 
um, because whether we have half as many orders or not, we still have to create the production plans for them. We need to manage the vendors. It's just less parts at the vendors, but we still need the management in place. And ultimately, I just got asked to come into the conference room, and um, I'm sorry, Sean, but you're being asked to let go. You've got two weeks. So I, I, I knew that it might come. I just expected that I was kind of safe from it, but that wasn't the case. Yeah, not the case. Mm, that's a bummer. And then, uh, you know, what, what uh, not on the, the, again, not trying to make anybody from there feel bad, but, like, what, what goes through your head when you come home, you know, that night, talking with your wife, like, like what's, how, how did that conversation go? Yeah, and, and again, I don't, I'm not trying to badmouth anybody there at all. I, uh, just full disclosure, I've got, um, that job was great. It taught me a lot. I've got, you know, I don't have any ill will towards them right, at all, right. just to be clear. I, I'm thankful that they, they cut me loose, to be honest with you. Um, that, <laughs> oh, yeah. that conversation, um, I'd been looking maybe for a way to leave for multiple years. I had my two-week notice written and on the desktop of my computer. I'd edit it every couple weeks. I mean, <laughs> I got to the point where I almost went in and delivered it to my boss on a particularly miserable stretch. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I and was I was already out of there mentally. I was going to say, was, and on that note, like it's only fair that they kind of let you go anyway. If you're already one foot out anyway, you know that would make sense. You know to yeah, to, I to get have, you out of there. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't have wanted anybody else there to leave my you know to be in my place. I think I was the everybody else there wanted to be there and I didn't. So I'm, I'm <laughs> right. glad I. But yeah. when that night. Uh, I'd always, <clears throat> my dad had had the same job for 30 years, or 40 years, rather. He just retired. Um, I'd had the same job for nine years. We got our house because of it. Um, we helped pay for medical bills for two kids with that job. Like, that's what we'd relied on, and it's it's gone. So that's, <clears throat> excuse me, exceptionally sobering. Yeah. But we first looked into health care, and then... Uh, where do we go from there? I, everybody at work that had known I was working on Alpenfuel, they said, what are you going to do? Are you going to work on Alpenfuel full-time? And I said, I think so. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, within two days after sitting and talking with my wife and having heart-to-hearts, it was, yeah, we're going to try this because if you let this opportunity go, you're always going to regret it. So we we have, we have owe it to ourselves to try this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that's, that's, a, that's a leap. It's a leap, especially when you're, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you didn't have a lot of experience. Well, let's, let's, let's pause for a minute and let's just kind of tell everybody like we, we all, we, we've been stopping for a second, but let's tell everybody, you know, what, what you're making, what are you doing now? We sell, we manufacture and sell backpacking meals. And so right now we have a lineup of five breakfast meals. And, uh, when we started, I guess I got laid off in June. My last day was July 4th. July 3rd, rather, on a Friday. Yeah. <clears throat> so I left the office. And then in July, we just started, what's the simplest product we can bring to market the fastest that really might not have as much competition? Yeah. It doesn't require investment in a lot of um, freeze-drying equipment, et cetera. So we, we manufactured a, I guess in four months, we just we had nothing to do but work on this. So we got our meals off the ground in about four months and we started with four flavors of backpacking breakfast meals. So they're powdered milk um, in the bottom of the pouch. Then we have granola and then freeze-dried fruit on top of that. So it's a meal that you can make in five minutes with hot or cold water. 
and uh, we targeted kind of the extreme, I guess, high end as far as calories go, and and worked with different folks to get the nutrition right. So it's a meal that'll burn for hours, not just you know forty five minutes type of a deal. Yeah, yeah. And so I was ex- I was explaining a little bit to Joe um, why I I re- was really attracted to you guys because there's so many meals out there. There's so many options you can take. Um, there wasn't a ton for breakfast and most of the breakfast options out there. I think, uh, peak refuel has a granola. They have like a strawberry granola or something, but that was about the only granola out there. The rest of it's like scrambled eggs and honestly, like not super great reconstituted. Like I'm not a big fan of the eggs personally. Uh-huh. And then like a lot of the freeze dried stuff, it affects my, my gut. Like <laughs> you're kind of feeling it later. Um, and so when I, when I saw you guys as advertise, advertisement on Instagram, I saw these packages that made sense in the size. <laughs> they, they were like, they fit the food and you can add the water and a spoon will, a spoon will fit in there, right? Like it made sense because all these other packages I had to like, like roll up or, or actually what I was doing was taking them out and repacking them in like Ziploc bags so that I could fit them better in my pack. Um, and so, so you guys like... And then not to mention also, you, you, you kind of said, but like the, the calorie count was huge for the weight and the space that it was going to take up. And so I was, I was trying to explain it to Joe because Joe, uh, we've, we've liked this podcast because him and I were very similar in many ways, but then we're very different in many ways. And so um, mm-hmm. he's not, I'm, I'm more of the outdoorsy type, right? Um, and I would say Joe's more artistic type. And so I just know of the outdoors. Yeah, yeah he's aware That's of fair. them. And, it's, and in Montana, you, you have to be aware anyway. You can't and, and have conversations with people without being aware. So true. And only because of my military background, but I have the MREs, you know, the MRE experience, the meals ready to eat. So, yeah. But that's about it. You know, so I was, I was excited to hear that this was a thing, a, a small business in Montana, but also surprised that it was such a, I, I didn't realize that there were so many different companies trying to do a similar thing. And then people like Brian going, well, why is the packaging so big? Why is, yeah. there, why is there so much waste? <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I mean, if, <laughs> I'm the same way. I spent years, you know, cussing these type of brands mm. or companies when I'm in the woods it's yeah. this pouch is too deep I'm getting food all over my fingers when I try and eat or yeah. right. this is 430 calories and it says it's for two servings like what's going on this right. needs to be way more than that hunters burn five to eight thousand calories when they're in the woods so right, right. I, I've gone through all this mentally and then huh. yeah that's why why can't we do something a little different a little better so mm-hmm. did you, did you um I, because I follow you so closely on Instagram, like I know the answers to these, but I want, I want other people that don't and are going to after they listen to this. I'm pointing at you right now. You're going to find Alpen Fuel on, on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook, but I'm sure you guys are on Facebook too. We just repost, yeah, same to both Same stuff, but, yeah. but it, Instagram is where I follow, but follow Alpen Fuel at Alpen Fuel on uh, Instagram. There's no underscores. If you're finding mm. stuff with underscores, there are scammers out there. Yeah. Um, and just Alpen Fuel and, and follow those guys. But I follow you so closely that I, I kind of know the answers, but I want to ask them anyway. Did you start, um, how, how, yeah, so you're saying you spent like the first three, four months and you're like, all right, we're going to make this granola meal, um, dehydrated milk, granola, uh, dried fruit, where are you at? Like, are you are you in your garage? Like, we're making it at home in our kitchen, and uh, we're doing one small sheet pan that's six servings of granola, 
Uh, that's about six cups, I guess, just so you can envision it. It's it's not much. We made uh, the four flavors. We sent out test pouches that we bought off eBay. I think the pouches throw an oxygen absorber in. How much absorbers? You know, how many do you need? Yeah, doing yeah. all the research on that. Why we got rolling. Um, one person that we had that was key, I think, and maybe how we approached it years ago. I met someone at a backcountry hunters and anglers get together um it was actually a presentation on wolves i think i wanted to go just to listen and hear about wolves in the park anyways this man was there who i met his name's taylor thomas he's an endurance coach and i had his card and i gave him my card which was a it had our logo on it we just had a logo that's all we had at that point that was way back in 2018 i think and i met him and he is the type of guy that runs the 100 mile events he's a cyclist and so he runs a coaching firm that coaches these all-star athletes basically that um, all over the world he runs a couple coaches and they they help them tweak their diets and their training programs so that they can be even better and so I got his card and you know hey how you doing how's your hunting season going that type of thing and I kept his card and then uh, two years later I called him up and said can I talk to you Um, I just you know, I, I'm thinking about starting this backpacking food company and I need uh, some help on the nutrition. Mm-hmm. So I picked his brain and, uh, you know, athletes that are out there running, say, events under two or three hours, if they're running the Ridge Run here in Bozeman or some 5K, 10K marathon, even they're pumped up heavy on carbs. They're just using the, the paper that you throw on the fire. It burns quick, it burns hot, mm-hmm. and they'll do nothing but pack on the carbs for the entire run Mm -hmm. but when you're doing endurance hiking maybe over an eight hour day or hunting backcountry hunting those sorts of things then the fat and then the and the protein comes into play more so i talked with him a lot about how to do that how to balance it where do we need to be is when you look at the nutrition label where do we want to be on the back of the back of the package that's going to dictate how the meal performs and uh he was one of our testers in our first group of meals and so we got feedback from him as well. But it's just trial and error, right? I mean, you're trying things. Well, you need to get the macros right, but you also need to get the flavor right and trying to say, balance yeah. everything at the end of the day. Yeah. But because I'm a self-proclaimed nerd and with my background, I wanted to check the package size box. I wanted the nutrition box checked. I wanted you know the labels to look right. I wanted the pouch to be thick enough that you didn't burn your hand when you put boiling water in it. You know, it's we tried to get everything right the first time. Oh. Cool. Okay, and so that's that's really cool. And so what I know is that there's a there's a few listeners um, to our podcast, regular listeners that are, um, you guys know who you are. There's three or four of you out there right now, and I think actually a couple, maybe even all of you have ordered up and fuel already because I told you to. But now now you're hearing like the guy that makes it, what went into that, and I feel like there's not a lot of foods that that go into that great a detail. And I think they're going to be focused. So if it's just on the macros. They're going to taste not very good. Or if it's just on the taste, then you're looking at, you know, kind of empty, empty calories that you're getting that aren't going to actually fuel your body. And so it's really nice to know how much thought and, and not just thought, but science went into getting, you know, what we get in our hands to, to eat. Yeah, I think at our trade shows, I need a shirt that says it's not just granola. Like this, there's a lot more behind it. Yes. Um, I know I'm geeking out a little bit on you guys here, but. No, I like if, it. If you look at nutrition facts, you should be able to just look at the the carbs, the protein, 
and the fat, do multiplication on each of those and get at the calorie range. So, for example, one gram of protein and one gram of carbohydrates have either four or five, I can't remember which, calories per gram. Uh So if you make it nothing but carbs, you're going to get that many calories per gram. And if Mm -hmm. you make it with more fat in it, fat has nine calories per gram. So you can easily tell that if I add a lot more fat, I'm going to skyrocket the calories on this thing in a hurry. So it's looking at those and saying, okay, we can't just have... I don't know. For me, all fat doesn't work. I'm not in keto. Like I need the, <laughs> right. the vast majority of people out there are going to need a lot of carbs mm-hmm. yeah. and you need flat out need calories when you're in the back country working hard. So just trying to balance all that and learn it all. Um, it's, it's kind of a ride just to get through the labeling. There's a 133 page PDF document from the FDA that dictates what can and can't be on that label. Yeah. What the, you know, the O has to be so many millimeters big. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it really? can't say this or that on the front of the package. This must be here. That must be there. So just trying to get the labels designed as an act of Congress to get those figured out. Oh, yeah. I, w- I wasn't aware. I know that, uh, you know, so you had the four original meals and I ordered the, um, the mixed package, um, you know, so I could try all of them. That was the, like my first order that came in. That was all four flavors uh lemon berry strawberry chocolate chocolate strawberry um pecan orange orange pecan pecan, and coconut mango oh coconut mango how did i forget that one that one's my favorite out of the four um and so i ordered all of those and tried them and they were they were fantastic and then you uh, came out with a new one um caramel apple which became my new favorite but I remember following on Instagram, you're like, labels aren't in yet, labels aren't in yet. And there was, a lot, there was a lot going on there. And so I'm, I'm wondering if some of that was, I mean, you'd already done four packages before, so you, you had some of that hurdle overcome. But was some of that also like the COVID shipping issues we're running into too? Yes. The first round, we bought um, a small batch of each flavor. We weren't sure. I thought maybe, you know, this is going to last over a year. This is way too many labels but you need to buy enough to get the cost down yeah um so we bought the first batch but then by april of of this year i guess we had been we had to order more the lead time on those things is about three months they're made overseas yeah um so we bought more we got those in time but as covid wore on um supply chain got worse so in in uh i'm getting my years mixed up anyways yeah we launched those we got those in we'd been making those since october of last year so a year now yeah and uh the the final flavor or excuse me the last flavor we did was the caramel apple it launched in june and uh, at that point we thought well expediting air freight from china is terribly expensive several hundred dollars for shipping alone so we thought well on this next batch we know how to do the labels that's like we got over that hurdle it's easy now we've got the design files made you just change the nutrition facts and yeah, tweak a few things and you're, you're good. But we decided to do paper pouches just because we could get them in one week and we could design stickers and have the <clears throat> sticker company print those out in one week and then we wouldn't pay the expedite, but we could still sell them in the paper pouches till the Mylar, the nice pouches came. Mm-hmm. So we did that just so we could make use of the summer trail season and get this flavor out immediately. So that flavor, <clears throat> excuse me, from inception to launch i think was like five weeks or something we just whoa railed that thing through compared to the other ones yeah super fast and but then the, the packages took 
The packages we got like a week and a half ago, but they yeah, were it took a long time. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we didn't pay the expedite, and they said they'd be here on September fourth or something, and then that got delayed to October, uh-huh. um, and then that got delayed again. So maybe we should have paid the air freight. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, they the last iteration they said they have made it. They're in Seattle. They're in the port. Um, but there's so many containers in front of where they got unloaded, we can't get to them for another month. So, again, we just like, okay, we'll buy more paper and keep making. Oh, so they're not even here here yet? No, they finally arrived 10 days ago. Here or in Seattle? In Bozeman. In Bozeman, okay. I was like, oh, wait, I thought they were here. And no, I did see them. I saw them. Yeah, they yeah. were definitely here. Yeah, okay. I, I thought I was confused for a minute that like they only just got to the United States 10 days ago, but they got, they got here to Bozeman. Yeah. Okay. So the COVID problems, one is the packaging just because it's on container ships and everybody knows that's a disaster right now. The mm-hmm. other thing that we fought is a couple of our ingredients um, where we, the first half of the year, we got them at will. And now some of them we haven't seen in stock for four months or five months. So we're trying to find multiple suppliers and that sort of thing but that's everybody's facing that i think yeah and so i want to backtrack just a little bit you started in your kitchen doing six cups at a time sending it out to testers you can't you are you still coming out of your kitchen no not at all so i guess in that four month roll-up to launch uh we got the meals made we got them tested i worked with a designer in canada to start on the label design ultimately we bought the design from him and finished it ourselves but he got us off the ground there um so like with that i was doing youtube tutorials on adobe (laughs) illustrator just trying i've got the time i don't have a job i mean this is my job and we're not producing anything right now so um, i was doing some learning there learning on what the labels needed to look like i had a lot of friends in marketing instagram friends many of whom i've never met who gave me feedback on the labels um, ultimately, and we got those off the ground. So that was the roll up there. But I'm also researching uh, with my wife where can we get these ingredients? You know, some you can buy from Cisco, some from Costco. Where are we going to pull this food in from to buy all the ingredients before the launch? And uh, we shopped around and looked at maybe a dozen, maybe not that many, eight to 10 commercial kitchens. So you have to make it out of a commercial kitchen. That's non negotiable. It needs to be. Yeah, approved yeah, yeah, yeah. by a sanitarian. So mm-hmm. um, once we we got the well, backing up, we had to have the samples um, tested to make sure that they wouldn't have grow bacteria that sort of thing. So you get them shelf stability tested. Okay. Okay. So then you launch forward with the labels and get the PO cut there. They start manufacturing those overseas, and in the midst of all that, we're looking at kitchens, and we finally decided on one, um, the fork and spoon here in Bozeman, and so they do. Meals for low-income folks, you know, anybody, uh, people that might have just lost their job, homeless folks, they, they do dinners for, the, for those type, um, for those meals. And uh, we do breakfast in the morning. And so we rent the kitchen from them three to four days a week in the mornings and do all of our production then. And About what times do you got to be there in the morning? From what time to what time? Oh, my. When we started, um, we... We're the only ones in the kitchen, and they maybe hadn't let it out to folks like us before. So they they said, you can be here if it's before 7 a.m. or after 8 p.m. <laughs> and that was the only kitchen in town okay. that we wanted. It was clean. It was enough space. Uh, we had good feedback on the owner or the, the guy running it. So yeah. um, I said, fine, 
whatever we're this far we've cut the peel for our labels we got to make this product there's nothing yeah. there's no yeah. other way we're not gonna you know back out with that much money into it so we we uh i got up at my wife and i both got up at three thirty and went in at four and worked till seven and uh, we're wrapped up by seven so the first month we did that we were only in there one day a week that's all the demand we had yeah and uh, after that they said oh i think you guys are fairly serious about this like we'll let you be in here till noon and so that was amazing well, oh yes. so then we worked seven to noon is the shift we work now um which is great and then uh, last summer there were other folks in there competing making sack lunches for kids that may not have a meal otherwise which is yeah, a great yeah. cause you don't want to you know begrudge <laughs> them that yeah, yeah but they're they're in there with a whole bunch of high school girls and and guys helping make these lunches in the summer so Last summer, going into our busiest season, we were in there eight o'clock at night, and we'd work till one or two in the morning, and oh. it's just miserable. Mm. So yeah, gotta work around the people. We're working towards getting our own kitchen so that we can work uh, whatever hours we need. Right, right, okay. Oh, and and, and that's I, I forget that we're in Bozeman, so that's a that's another hurdle is is having a place your own place in Bozeman um, becomes pretty difficult with uh, the housing prices. And I'm assuming the commercial properties are expensive as well. Yes. Commercial properties. We looked at some, but with, I think it's 25% down. If you're paying that on a half a million dollar place, it's just where are you going to come up with that money? Right. right so right. we're looking at leasing a place. We have a, a lead on one, uh, which I won't mention. So nobody's right, saying right, 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 right. <laughs> Yeah. If you the have next, there's actually no leads. You have no leads in Bozeman on a, a place you can lease. Nothing available. <laughs> Dang yep, it. Yep, there's nothing <laughs> here, guys. Along, nothing yeah, here. yeah, you can check uh, Livingston. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> maybe by next August, we're optimistic we might be in our own place. So. And so, cool. so, so you said you you only needed uh, one day a week for three hours um, to to meet demand and where are you at now so i won't tell numbers i guess as far as what we made in that first week a month mm -hmm. um, oh yeah i'm not we, looking no for no like, no yeah, i know you're yeah, not i'm, yeah, just I'm not saying looking for that be, i want to know like like hours worked so in that first month we made x amount of meals and we can make in two days now we're more efficient so that we can make more than we made in that first month total Oh, in, in two, two days in two now. days you can do more than you did in well four or five days. Yeah, like in over a month, four or five days. Okay, perfect. Oh. So you you've double doubled. Oh no, more than doubled, almost uh, tripled your output, your your productivity. I think that's fair. I think in the beginning we were burning stuff. We threw batches away. Yeah. It was well, uh, the the lemon berry that we make uses honey instead of maple syrup, and that cooks much differently than maple yeah. syrup. So. Yeah, yeah. We had to get the cook times down with some challenging ovens that they've since replaced. But it's learning the ovens. Mm -hmm. Hey, we've never made these in 200 meal batches before. We've only made <laughs> right. these in six right. meal batches. So how do you scale that? And how do you learn that without burning something or undercooking it? Like, yeah, we've like, thrown yeah. away more meals than I care to yeah. mention. Yeah, for sure. It's oh. interesting. It's a cool story, though. I mean, there you were... Um, not sh quite sure what you wanted to do in school, but found math, just, you know, like the, the math-oriented things, then found yourself as an industrial engineer, testing things, uh, ordering things, the logistics of things, you know, and having people under you, not really happy with that, going into other things, and then getting, um, <coughs> finally getting a chance 
to, to follow your passion. And that passion is like, like a math problem. It's been, you've been trying to like solve for, you know, how do I get these meals to just make sense? And how come no one's figured that out yet? Well, maybe it could be me. And so you take all these variables and it just looks like you're like, well, that didn't work. Well, that didn't work. Well, that didn't work, but I know where I'm going. I want to have meals that taste good that have the right amount of calories that people will like. <clears throat> it's just, um, I hear that a lot. You know, there's the, the people that, um, they have the right personality. They don't know maybe what they want to do, but it's, um, I think it was, I think it was very lucky that you, you, you got into, um, math, you know, just problem solving. Cause it seems like that's what you you do now is you're, you're a problem solver, but you're not just a simple problem solver. Like you can think and scale and then you can go for it. And, you know, you've had this many like a varied experiences and you have this this love of what you do so i think it's awesome it's a really cool yeah, story thank you i mm -hmm. my wife and i at one point totaled up the number of jobs we'd had we're kind of people that jump around everywhere so for me to work nine years at the place i worked after i got married was a big deal i yeah m between my wife and i we had over 30 jobs uh, Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah bank tellers all this type of random experience so it's kind of mm -hmm. like oh that one thing i did in that job years <laughs> ago or that person i talked to um that i think my background in just some of that chaos helped prepare me for this which is just you know one one focused thing but learning how to deal with uh people and deal with vendors and whatnot i'm a lot more comfortable now to call up people and ask hypothetical questions and mm -hmm. they've our, our network i mean we're a two people Two people company and yeah, that's you know, what I was going to ask. Wife, if you hired anybody? We have not, so we rely a lot on. We had a big uh, quality problem, I guess you'd say, early this year with one of our coconut mangoes. We got a one star review on it. They said it tastes metallic. This thing's terrible, mm -hmm. and my heart just sank when I got that. No. I was like, I never yeah. noticed that. What's going on? So I. I had one from the same batch in the garage and I couldn't even eat the thing. It was terrible. Uh -oh. mm. And so that kicked off like a three week deep dive into everything we ever thought we knew about our business. And so mm -hmm. we found an ingredient problem after weeks of searching, we shut all of our production down. We had food out at our first dealer. So we had to recall that. Uh, I had to email all the customers that had bought food in that time frame and apologize. It, it was it was a giant mess. Yeah. Um, so we fought through that, and now our recipes are back where we want them. But yeah, that was we we were calling folks in the industry as well just to get you know different perspective. So that sounds like you know in that time frame you probably had more than one bad day. But I want to ask. Um, even on your worst day doing this business, it, would you consider it like better um, than your best day doing anything else at any one of your previous things? Like that's how I feel in music. Like sometimes I'll have a super bad show and I'll be like, oh, geez, man, that was tough. But then I think, well, it was better than any other job I've ever had. So and it kind of keeps me going. Do you find that? Absolutely. I uh, at FLIR, which is the company I worked for for the previous nine years. I mm -hmm. um, There's a lot of good people there that have a lot of good days, and it was just, an, just a bad, bad fit for me. So yeah. I, I yeah. didn't have that many even good days. I had a lot of subpar days. So right. now... I've never had a bad day at work now. I you, mean, even dealing with all the bad, you know, that that's a memory stuff. now. Yeah. Um, I had some sleepless nights. 
I, and it's, I guess, arrogant to say that it, I've never had a bad day, but I've, I've had some days, pretty low days, one in March of last year where I was like, mm-hmm. this, I don't know if we can keep this thing going. There's, when you're not getting dealer inquiries and whatnot, mm-hmm. I had a conversation with my wife where it's like, if we don't have enough positive signs with this, you know, one year into it, which would have been this summer, I was like, I don't, you know, at what point do you pull the plug on something? Mm-hmm. And we had a lot of optimism, but you need orders. I mean, in <laughs> yeah. order to yep. be productive with a product that sells for seven forty nine, you need to sell thousands and thousands of them. So mm-hmm. I had kind of a rough stretch there where I really, really doubted myself and the business and the model and the food and I doubted that we could get it together. Um, but then during that conversation, we took a pause because my wife's like, you just, you know, you're full of it. You need to get <laughs> right, get right, out right. of your own head. Just as, you know, you, it's like a, a stock market. It always goes up over time. It just, there's some blips in there, right? So mm-hmm. um, I, during that time, I got two of our bigger dealer orders that came in during that argument slash conversation. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's like, okay, my faith's restored. But I guess for a week there, I was really doubting. Um, but I think that's been the only week I can honestly say when I actually doubted what we were doing. Otherwise, it's been pretty pleasant. Um, that month was rough with the food issues, but uh, mm-hmm. we got through it with the help of a lot of good input from folks. Yeah, because those, I mean, those bad times are going to come, you know, and it's like if you're doing what you should be doing, you get through those, you know, and you, you learn from them. They don't like drive you into the dirt and then leave you there, you know, like at previous jobs, let's say. Like when I was doing a previous job, I'd have a bad day and I'd be feeling low and then I'd stay low. And it, be, it was just because of the environment, you know, just yeah. I wasn't in the right right spot. So even the best day doing whatever was still like a eh sort of day so here's a analogy my wife gives us back then uh i would be low during the week mm-hmm. managing people and just generally not enjoying myself so i'd come home and it'd suck and i'd complain to my wife and <laughs> complain and complain and moan i'd go back to work and get through it and come home and more of the same but then on the weekends i was fine so she'd be like when's weekend sean coming back like, I, miss, <laughs> I miss weekend sean yeah. so yeah. now um, I'd say the dynamic has changed. I am much more positive and happy where I'm at now. I'm running this business, but uh, it also has become a business that you never really, you're always on. You know, I'm answering Instagram questions at 10 o'clock at night or mm-hmm. whatever. So I think now it's me working out of my bedroom at my fly tying desk with my wife, who's also with me trying to raise two kids who, for part of the year, are homeschooled. Like, yeah, you know, it's just the dynamic totally changes to where I was at work and um, and gone. Now I'm I'm always home, and and <laughs> my wife and I are always so. There's been a lot of learning there, but we're uh, that's what it is, learning, right? Yep. And so when you when you switched over to to Alpen Fuel, was um, was she working full time? Is she still working full time, or? No. So uh, my wife used to work at AAA in a coffee shop um, here in Bozeman. And then as we got a little bit older with the, or excuse me, when the two kids came along, she was able to stay home with them beautiful, yeah. and raise them and uh, which we're very thankful for. And so since <clears throat> I guess she worked early on, um, 
but with the children, it's just been her helping them. So now we're trying to balance that between the two of us. Right, right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I know, you know, personally, my wife, uh, when they, when the kids weren't in school, uh, you know, they're younger, you know, five, six years old, those, those years she was at home. And then once she started going to school, she'd get a job that was kind of like while they were at school. Um, and it's, at least in, in my experience and the way our family worked, like that was the best dynamic. Um, you know, I, I would work full time and thankfully had jobs and, an income that could that could support that and and she could be at home with the kids and i think our our children are better for it um you know there's many families that don't do it that way but i i just feel so thankful that Mm -hmm. that we were able to do that and so now um you know she's you and her are are doing this thing together and that's that seems very cool as well like i i think a lot of husbands or, or couples or whatever would love to be doing like one goal together the that just that just feels that just yeah. feels great the family business yeah <laughs> yes it's uh i don't know it's it's all over the map i guess with with entrepreneurship in general it's uh definitely an accidental entrepreneur but um mm-hmm. with with my wife she i mean she helps on all facets of it i i was able to get you know, kind of the vision of we need a recipe that's going to look like this, that has this type of macros. But I came up with a couple of the flavor ideas, and then she basically took them from maybe a 7 out of a 10 to a 10 out of a 10, in our opinion. Right. And right. so she's like, oh, this needs cardamom in it for the white cho- or the chocolate one, and this needs that, and this needs that. And it's like, okay, you know, this it's an outstanding meal now where it was average before. So she's been a tremendous help on all all facets the design the meals she's in there hustling we share half and half in the kitchen time packaging and baking so yeah yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun I think if you would have asked me five years ago if I would ever go into business with my wife I would have said you're crazy no (laughs) absolutely no way yeah yeah but the dynamic has changed you know weekend Shonda's around so (laughs) (laughs) yeah We have we have weekend, Sean. I keep moving the chair. Oh, uh, we didn't mention where. Maybe we did. I'm just going to re-mention. We're at Cold Smoke, which I only knew as a a beer. Yeah, there's the the Cold Smoke beer, but you had you had said coffee shop because I was just like, yeah, we'll meet wherever wherever you want to. You know, more than likely a coffee shop. I think is what I said. And uh, you mentioned Cold Smoke. We're at the one by REI, and uh, I had a Mexican mocha. Fantastic. Was it spicy? Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I still got a little bit left. A little spicy. Lo caliente. You got a maple bomb. The maple bomb. How was that? Um, I liked it. It was good. Okay, and then what? What did you get? You just get a normal coffee. I got the blood orange tea. It's uh, Missoula, oh. Missoula Tea Company. Yeah, how's that? Is that good? It's just herbal tea, but it's, yeah, it's great. All right. Yeah. And so this is a really nice place. I hadn't heard of it before. Um, industrial type uh, yeah. uh, environment. They let us come back to their back little, whatever room, meeting conference, room. Conference meeting room. And yeah. then I noticed out, um, uh, they have a huge sign out here on the wall mm-hmm. and this little stage. And I noticed um, two 
speaker towers on either side, the exact oh, same so type. Oh, they, they must do music. Yeah, the exact yeah, same type music. that I Oh, use. they do. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, oh, I should grab yeah, a card. Yeah. You definitely tune into that stuff. I wouldn't even notice. I, when I saw the big sign out there, I was like, oh, that's where we should take our, our episode art picture is yeah. right up by that sign. And right when I saw it, I was like, wait, why are there two speaker towers? Whoa, those are musician speaker towers for guitars and microphones. This is for me. This is calling my name. Do you guys know the genesis on the Cold Smoke name? No, no. Oh, Cold Smoke is a super, super dry powder that they get up at Bridger Bowl at the ski hill. So it's the perfect dry powder that they call Cold Smoke. Okay. I I feel so... I don't know. Enlightened. Uh, enlightened. Yes, yeah. thank you. Nice. Thank you for that word. I feel so enlightened right now because I didn't know where cold smoke came from. I'm just like, that is just a cool combination of two words that make a beer. Yeah, we're just you know? drinking the beer. But, so it's it's extremely dry powder that they get up at Bridger Bowl. And and so the Bridger Mountains uh, run kind of the north of, of um, Bozeman, Belgrade area over here. And on the other side of them is uh, Bridger Bowl ski area. And that's where they get this cold smoke powder. Yes. Oh, okay. I didn't know. And I've been it. I've been to Bridger Bowl. You know, I went to high school here. And yeah, we're not skiers, though. Yeah, we're not. We've we've discussed that before. We know of skiing. Yeah, yeah. We're we're aware of it. Do you do much skiing? I yeah. Like my jobs, I guess I dabble in a lot of stuff. I um, so I do some ice fishing, some skiing. Some fly fishing, some hunting. I used to bow hunt, but I don't do that anymore. So mm-hmm. I just kind of, if it's outside, I'm, I don't snowmobile and I don't uh, play pool and I don't golf. Those are three things that I stay away S- from. Snowmobile, pool, golf. I used to golf. Don't do that anymore. Fair enough. Snowmobiles, I've done it once or twice. It's very expensive if you want to get yeah, into snowmobiling. I'm, not a mechanic. I'm just like, I can't. Yeah. And then pool, I'll do every once in a while, but I'm totally not good at it. Um, I was going to say ice fishing. I, I I was heavy into ice fishing and I, I have like electric augers. I have the, um, um, Markham fish finders, uh, the, um, flashers. Uh, I have probably 20 ice fishing poles. I have two different shelters, um, pop-up shelters. Um, we're going to have to go cause that the last year or two, I haven't done too much. And so we'll have to meet at like Canyon Ferry because I think that's about halfway between mm-hmm. us would be Canyon Ferry. There's some good perch fishing. When you when you know the depth, you can find them pretty easy because Canyon Ferry is just shallow to deep. Like it, it's pretty easy. You can kind of just go on a line if you can find them. I think that would be fun. Yes. I think that would be fun. Do you ever fish the, um, you know, just the Bozeman Ponds here? Yeah, I take my kids down there all the time. My son had his fourth birthday party at the pond Mm -hmm. he was born december 28th so we went out there took a big vat of chili and all his buddies showed up and we just punched a bunch of holes and caught bluegills bluegills yeah so the bluegill fishing in town is outstanding um are they are they eater size you take any home and eat them or you just throw them all back i throw them back i've caught um i think two over eight inches but most of them are in that four to six inch range yeah and then there's bozeman beach too um, I've ice fished there once when I when I was in high school here, but we didn't catch anything. I'm not sure there's much at the beach. There's some perch, maybe some bluegills and some trout, but I've never ice fished it. And how busy is it? You know, because when I was in high school here, it wasn't this size at all. Um, does it get very busy? 
Not for the fishing. I guess where we go is the one off Davis Pond. I call it Davis Pond. It's actually called Cattail Pond. It's off Davis Lane behind Costco. So oh, they have an okay. ice, ice skating rink there that they take a whatever, a four-wheeler and make an actual rink for people to ice skate around in a circle. <laughs> you, you drill they, holes? like They right, go out right in the in middle there. of the rink <laughs> and uh, punch some holes in. So not that many people ice fish it. That's pretty cool. Um, and so I think in that I might have fished that once, but there wasn't anything out there at the time. I've fished. So when I said the Bozeman ponds, I was referring to the ones right next to the mall. I don't even know if they're even oh. still there. There's like a pond, like maybe yep. two right next to the mall. And we would catch crawdads and bluegills there. There's mm. bluegills and largemouth in there now. Oh, okay. Largemouth. The one good. with perch that I was talking about is the East Gallatin ponds. Those are uh over by the m on the east side of town mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then there's the ones that are down by there's and i don't know if there's any fish in there but um ruby the ruby river access i think that's what it's called i'm not familiar with that oh, okay there's a, yeah and and things have changed since i was here anyway that was a whole sidetrack and when, so now i'm looking uh, uh, oh go ahead when brian uh, went to school here um all this tan was nothing but nothing but <laughs> orange grows far as i could see yeah <laughs> yeah he, i i sound like such an old guy like driving through here with joe i'm like oh well all this was open field when i went here you know like mm-hmm. just referring to you know the the olden times when when you went to college here too like this this road in between um bozeman and four corners there wasn't much there no and now it's almost completely full north 19th where costco is that was nothing Awesome, yeah. yeah, there's actually just right behind us on 19th. Uh, there was no nothing out here, but there was kind of a busier intersection developing, but there was no light. And I got into a, a T-bone accident. Um, we were just driving down 19th into town. And at the time, the speed limit on this road was 55, so maybe even 65, coming from the interstate into Bozeman. Yep. And there wasn't anything until you got to, I don't know, the housing over here. I can't remember the road, that name of that road. Anyway, there was one intersection and a, a drunk driver um, didn't see us and pulled out right in front as we were going, you know, 55, 65 miles an hour. And uh, it hurt. Um, it, was, it was pretty painful. Whoa. His vehicle didn't have any airbags. My head hit the windshield going to the chiropractor for several months after that. I think I'm okay now, but that was just right out here. And so, yeah, Joe likes making fun of me because many times I sound like an old guy referring to the times that were better. Um, you know, growing up in Belgrade, we didn't have traffic lights and now they're all over the place in Belgrade and good old days. Yeah. The good old days. Um, I was going to say, I'm looking at, uh, on your website, I'm looking at a map right now where it says locations and to go from, uh, less than two years ago. Yeah. Less than two years ago. Um, making it in your kitchen to that was last summer. Yeah. So a year and a half ago. Yep. You're making six cups at a time in your kitchen to now, it doesn't have a number on here. There's 25, I think, stores. 25 places from Minnesota to Canada to the, the West Coast all the way down to um, Arizona. That's pretty amazing. Whoa. How does that feel to look at that map? I look at that map all the time. It's kind of yes. when I had that bad day in March when <laughs> yeah. I, you know, what I was talking about. I'll just turn it so you can look at it now too. Yeah, there we go. Sometimes I, yeah, that's, that's a beauty. You wonder where we could go next with it. I think you look at that and you say, well, that's twenty-five stores, but that's probably 
125 stores that I've actually reached out to. So it's um, every single one of those is is hard fought to to get. So so on average, you're saying five calls, you get four no's, one yes, At essentially. Least. Yeah, it could be higher than that. Yeah, it's all yeah. telemarketing. I tell you. Yeah, well, and there's I've even gone into stores for you. I, I'm um, trying to get you in Big Bighorn Outdoors in Great Falls, and they're ready to take you. I just don't think they answer phone calls. Like I, I know that they want your food in there. They just, for whatever reason, they're not there yet. You know, they're, probably, then, they're uh, probably golfers. Trying to get North Forty. <laughs> North Forty would be would be a great um, great fee to get into because that would open a bunch of stores as well. But I know that one of these, at least one of these, is an on time online retailer. Yeah, if you scroll all the way to the bottom, you can see how many are Oops. online. Oh, wait, you're up in... I didn't even mention that you're up in Alaska. That wasn't on there. Yep, two Look in Alaska. Oh, hey, here we cool. go. Yeah, okay, yeah. so scroll down all the way to the bottom. Oregon, Minnesota, Nevada. Yeah, so this is the one I was ex- the most excited about right here. Um was Go Hunt because uh, Go Hunt... I'm actually wearing their hat right now. Um, not on purpose, but Go Hunt... Uh, is a website I use for hunting. They're a mapping service, and then I bought gear through them, and they have like a membership that you get. The more money you spend there, you earn points, yada, yada, yada. And so I was so excited when you guys got onto there. Um, that was that was pretty exciting for me. And so um, I know that they, it looks as though a few of their, your your meals have run out though when I, when I last looked. So we're waiting for them to put in another order, I think. Yeah, they typically do bigger orders in the, the winter. They get them through the season. And so all of these, all of these connect. These are just links down here to the bottom that can connect to. Oh, you're on Amazon, of course. Yeah, and so Amazon puts you all over the world too. Yes, we're just on the the American marketplace there. Oh, okay. Um, and as a retail channel, we don't do any advertising on there, and it's the slow season, so it's um, many, many of our other dealers actually push more than our Amazon channel right now, but I think that'll grow over time as people discover us and whatnot. So it's, yeah, I think as your social media grows, that that'll grow pretty quick. Yeah. That's pretty cool. What are the questions you have, Joe? Oh, and I've never even asked you, do you have like a hard stop, like a time we need to be done by? I'm, I probably have 20 more minutes, but I'm good. Okay. Okay. Mm, more questions. I, um, I don't think so. Do you mind if I talk one minute about the caramel apple? I kind of lost sight of that. Oh, yeah. I wanted to go back to that anyway. Do so it. I'm going to tell my angle first. Yeah, go for it. Okay. I'm excited um, to hear it. Uh, okay. So, um, again, it's it's just, um, I hope I'm not going to share anything I'm not supposed to, but I, I don't think we've talked about anything that I'm not supposed to share. So it's been unique how you and I have just connected over Instagram. And I know we've already said that, but then... Uh, you mentioned that this this food was coming out, and you're like, "Hey, do you want to you want to try some?" And I'm and I felt like so insider. I felt um, I I was so excited talking to my wife. I'm like, oh, "Lindy, he's sending me some food," and I got so excited. I got so excited, and then I got two different packages of of options, and um, literally tried one of them like the day it came in, like right away. And I think I can't remember which order, but I wanted to try one of them hot, one of them cold, which isn't totally fair i should have tried them both the same way but um the one the one that you chose is the one i did hot i remember that and i can't remember which one i did first right now um and i'm glad i did that hot but but um it 
I didn't think you were going to be able to improve. And I'm not saying any of the other flavors are bad. Like, they're all good. I'm super excited to eat any of them. But this is just knock your socks off amazing. And I, I feel like you gave your wife a lot of credit and, and continue to give her credit for, for coming up with amazing recipes. And then I don't want to misquote, but I know that the, the caramel comes from here in Bozeman. Yes. From like an award-winning <clears throat> caramel maker. Right. So that one, like I said, we got that off the ground quick, but it started with my wife. So taking everything, I think we started that one in May or April. And so taking everything we'd learned, we just got done with that mess in Jan or February where we had kind of the supply or the, the ingredient problems. We got yeah. through that. We know how to make granola, right? I mean, we've made piles of it by now Yeah. as of this spring. So we've learned a tremendous amount. And so she took all that and and she said, I think we need one Saturday. She says, I think we need one more flavor. And I think it needs to be caramel pecan or caramel apple, something in those lines. So she made made it, leveraging everything we knew about wet ingredient ratios and dry ingredient ratios. And so that first batch she made on a Saturday, it smelled amazing. And uh, she knew that the caramel would pair well with the pecans, etc. So I tried it, and I was like, this is this is awesome. Like we got to do this. And so that first iteration was extremely close to what it is today. We knew that we wanted caramel in it, but how do you do that? You go to Costco and you buy Ghirardelli caramel or whatever mm -hmm. caramel sauce for, you know, or they have the caramel nibs, which are just the little caramel pellets, I guess, like yeah. chips, but they're round. And so we tried two versions using that and the nibs never fully melted. They oh, were so you're pretty like hard in there. Yeah. And the sauce worked well. People, actually, you were in our test crew, so mm -hmm. thanks for that. And, yeah. And uh, thanks for pushing the meals to the other brands. Yeah. Or the other stores. But, uh, yeah, the feedback was we like the nibs, but the nibs are kind of too hard. If you use cold water, they don't melt. Mm. If you use hot water, it's fine. So we thought, well, let's not do the nibs. Let's do the sauce. But then a week or two later, <clears throat> I was just joking with my wife. I said, well, what if we just put um, bouquet caramel in it? Like, why don't we just do that? And uh, that's the candy that's everywhere. You go to the hardware store, it's at the checkout counter. You go to Hallmark Cards, it's at the checkout counter. It's mm. sold in Costco now. They're everywhere. Yeah. But locally, they're known as having exceptional caramel in Bozeman. I mean, in Montana, I guess. Uh, maybe Montanans around outside of the Gallatin Valley have heard of them. But I called them up and I said, we're looking at putting caramel uh, We in our Iron or caramel apple flavor. We'd like to partner with a local company like you guys. They're just out in Four Corners. Yeah. And they said, yeah, we sell caramel. Uh, it's, I think they said 70 pounds at a time. And here's the price. Yo. Yeah. yeah. And so we said, that sounds great. Let's, we went out there and bought just a sample bag of, it's Celtic sea salt caramel. And they've won nine national awards with their caramel. It's exceptional. So yeah. we took that. And we figured out how to integrate it into the caramel. So we cut it up into basically bite-sized pieces. We buy it in these sheets. It's cut into strips about an inch wide. And so we take a big old pizza cutter and cut it up into little pieces and melt that in halfway through the baking cycle. So it's melted in. It's, you know, we take it and use our hands and just make sure it's well integrated into the, the granola. So it's taken that to another level. I think it's an exceptional meal. We sent some off to... Um, uh, backpacker magazine to get their feedback and so that we sent them the meals over the summer and then they evaluate them with their test crew all summer and then in 
March of next year, March, April, sometime in that time frame, they'll do their best backpacking food of 2022. Mm. And so fingers crossed, we really want that meal to be on that oh, list. And yeah, cool. So, oh yeah. And so it, yeah, it would just, it's, it's weird to say of food, but it was like a Cinderella story to me that like this, you know, it came out so quickly and, and I feel it's had a bunch of success, but that's just me, it's, you know, just kind of observing yeah. in, Within a month, I'd say it became our best-selling meal. When people buy an order of ten meals, like five of them will be that caramel apple. So yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's it's fantastic. I think if I had any recommendation, I would say, um, and I haven't been on your website in a little bit, but it would be cool to be able to make like your own mix package without like clicking. You could just be like, oh, here's your. Um, there's a company I I just bought. Uh, some seasonings off of called tactic calories and you can just get a you get a little deal by doing like a six pack and so they give you like 10 bucks off you know but like you know and then you could just do okay i want three caramel apple two i'm making my order right now so five caramel apple and two coconut mango and a chocolate strawberry in there you know and then it just you, you know by ordering that many you get 10 bucks off um but it's, yeah, it's fantastic. I, I wish it was also integrated into the, the. I know because it's just brand new, it's not integrated into the, the package that you get with all of them, but we need one of those. In the variety pack? Yeah, in the variety yeah, pack. It I, needs to be in there. I could have done it. Um, I'm just waiting till, so right now we've got some of the paper left. We need to manufacture another hundred of those. And we've got a couple hundred in stock. So say 300 of those left to sell, and then we'll be to the new packaging. So then I'll take a nice picture, put it on the inner, or excuse me, on our website. Mm -hmm. And then the variety pack will have that caramel apple in it too. Okay. And so I, um, one more thing. And then, um, I want you to ask some questions cause you, I want you to appeal to everybody that's, that's not specifically listening cause they're an outdoors person, right? Like I want okay. you to appeal to them yeah, asking okay. some questions that, that you would have. But, um, I did not want to, um, ask you to bring any meals here you know, to this, this podcast. And then we ran out of time. My, my goal was to hit up a place here in Bozeman and then have Joe try it. Cause he hasn't tried it yet. Um, like live on the podcast, we're going to record a podcast. So this podcast is coming out Thursday. Um, we're recording today on Tuesday. The, everybody's listening today on Thursday, the 18th. And, um, so we're going to record a podcast on our way home while driving. Um, we set up these mics and put them on his seatbelt and <laughs> record while driving. Uh, and so I'm going to buy a meal before we leave town. And I'm assuming somewhere very close to me right now, there's there's a meal I can buy. I Well, I live five minutes away, but I can get yeah, you. but I didn't want a free meal. I, I'm not no, trying no, to no. Get a, like, I, I understand what you're asking. Yeah. I'm saying that I'm... It's the co-op has, but if if you come by my place, then I can give you the next meal that we're offering. Yo. Wait, wait a minute. The what? The next meal that we're offering. The there's another flavor. Yeah. Would, wait, would we be allowed to talk about it? Um, let me think about it. Okay, because I'm just wondering. Maybe we could if we. <laughs> So I really want to try one. I want Joe to try one and then like give feedback um, while I'll be driving. He'll be eating. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I can talk about the next meal. I, I don't mind. It's fine. Because I didn't it's even a, know about it. And I feel a, like I'm an insider. So Whoa. it's a nut free for all of our nut free folks out there. Oh, okay. So right. it's um, 
I made the final test batch of it this morning. It's got pumpkin seeds and whatnot in it to replace the almonds that are typically in our other ones or pecans. So it's nut free and it's the flavor is going to be cranberry white chocolate. <gasps> oh, I'm so excited. Okay, so I, 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 now that you're saying this, I was fearful that you guys were going to be done at five. Secretly, I was fearful because well, you're like, you're like, we're just, yeah. you know, and, and you weren't going to, and, and I, I'm excited to see what you may go into with like lunch or dinner or, any, or something else, right? Because I've, I've felt that that might be where you might branch out to next, but I was scared because I do feel like you guys are really good at coming up with unique recipes. And so cranberry yeah, white chocolate, like, I'm yeah. super excited. Again, it goes back to my wife. We've got uh, the lemon berry has hand-zested lemon and that our orange has hand-zested orange our you know the caramel has gourmet caramel we're trying as hard as we can to be unique and have flavors that stand out that aren't just like oh this is granola with a couple blueberries in it you know it's yeah and it's it's full when you look in the 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 strawberry chocolate visually sticks out in my head when you when you open up the package and you look in there and you see like massive strawberries in there and the and then the the chocolate like you it, it's very visually pleasing which you wouldn't you know a lot of times with with other i'm not even putting anybody down but a lot of times when you buy stuff like that the the strawberries are all like powdered even you know it's right. just like a, almost like a flavoring they add instead of real strawberries and so i've just noticed that if you're if if the name of the meal says x that's what it tastes like yeah. and those things are in it almost a very ben and jerry's-esque Right. Yeah, shout out to the guy that gave our Lemonberry a two-star review because it had lemon in it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It's like, uh, sorry? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, not and, trying to get you here. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm super happy. Like, coconut mango is my, my second favorite and uh, I, because I really like coconut and you can taste the coconut in it. And sometimes it's just you can see the coconut, but you can taste it. And it's, uh, yeah, I can rant and, and rave about it a bunch. But, Joe, I want you to you to dive in and what kind of questions you have. I have a question. So um, <laughs> would you say that you are baking food or dehydrating food or both? Great question. I think a lot of people lump dehydrated meal. <clears throat> excuse me. They either say, oh, I'm going to have this dehydrated meal or this freeze-dried meal, and they lump the whole genre into that. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but they're two extremely different processes, and I'd say we're neither. We're the third process. We're baking. So if you're okay. um, Heather's Choice Meals out of Anchorage, Alaska, you use massive dehydrators like you would making jerky at home right and you cure the food that way you basically with any of these types you're trying to get the water activity so low that it can't grow bacteria that's you have to be below a certain threshold so Mm -hmm. they're driving the water out with dehydration that's their choice and a lot of folks go that way because it's too expensive to freeze dry at least to buy the equipment is much more cost prohibitive so easier to dehydrate in big batches than it is to freeze dry is that we're saying for smaller companies, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Um, it's like uh, Mountain House has 80% of the freeze-dried market in the entire North American continent. Um, they have a lot of the military contracts, so they're the massive big dog in that field. But mm. the freeze-drying, you get a 25-year-plus shelf-stable product. Oh, goodness. Wow. But you only freeze-dry when you have to drive out lots of moisture. So think uh, mm. chicken, pasta, think... 
I don't know, uh, any meal like that that's more of a casserole or uh, oh, something like that. Celery. <laughs> yeah, you can freeze dry that too. But but the point of all that is to yeah. drive the water out. And so if you, I'm sorry, I'm getting in the weeds here a little bit. But if you okay. freeze dry something with a lot of fat, you get a you can't dehydrate something that's really fatty. Oh yeah, uh, because it'll go rancid. So the dehydrator works in most cases. The freeze drying works in all cases, I would say. But granola is neither because um, you can't just throw granola in a dehydrator you get stuff that i mean all the ingredients in granola are shelf stable to begin with every single one of them uh-huh okay so dehydration does nothing it's not like we're cooking bison chili like heather is for example and de- taking the water out of that we're taking something that basically needs cured in heat and so we bake it and mm-hmm. so with that you get a shelf stable product that needs no further processing i.e dehydration or freeze drying we're basically dehydrating via the oven I guess if you lump it yeah, into something, yeah. it's a dehydrated meal. And gotcha. what about what about the fruit in it? The fruit is freeze dried. That is purchased as such. Okay, okay, that makes sense. I so, tried to do some dehydrating on a super small scale, and dehydrating fruit was uh, just a nightmare because it's all water. You know, it's all water. And one of the downsides with dehydrating, whether it's meat or fruit or something like that, is you basically turn it into jerky, and then it doesn't readily reabsorb water with freeze drying it's kind of like a sponge where the pores are still open you throw water at it and boom you've got something Mm -hmm. so we get i think a better product by having the fruit in particular freeze dried right right okay cool so you're ordering it in the fruit from another company freeze already freeze dried correct cool and then taking already shelf stable things that don't really need dehydration per se, but then curing them in a dehydrating low and slow sort of baking way. Like you bake it for longer than at a lower temperature or whatever. Yes. That does drive off even more water. You get something that's even more shelf stable at that point. Gotcha. And I feel like, and this is just off the top of my head, these meals are good for, it's either two or three years. 18 months. 18 months, okay. Huh. And so in the beginning, you didn't have to, to get any special um, cooking equipment. You just had to have your oven. And convection oven, yep. Look. Something that we can crank through. That does convection. Okay, so circulating the air. And those okay. are just standard commercial kitchen ovens. I mean, every, right, right. yeah, nothing fancy at all. Yeah. Okay, and then, um, oh, so how did you figure out batches like how, how did you figure out like okay i'm gonna we're gonna try this out um so how many meals were you roughly thinking you wanted to purchase just to start out with with the, you got your website and you're like okay i guess we're gonna start with like what was the number that you were thinking initially mm-hmm. um we bought two thousand per skew so two thousand pouches per flavor okay so if there's four flavors Started off making, you know, that many. Okay. Yeah, I won't go into details as far as what we make now, but our initial oh, pou- yeah. our initial pouch purchase was for eight thousand. Gotcha. But, but you were and and I guess going small, going more into the weeds, like you, you weren't making eight thousand meals right away. No, no, right. No. And so, like, what was that? What is that first? You're gonna hit. You're gonna hit uh, post on the website. How many meals did you have ready? And yeah. like, I'm and not because we want to know a number, but like. Like get that you get that feeling like oh I've got I've got two hundred meals I've got to sell or whatever it is yeah you know, when you hit 
post. I'm also, like, I'm also, okay, go. I'm also you trying know, to picture. Was, I'm also trying to picture where they are. Like, were they in your garage or in a storage facility someplace? Like, where? So you got, and roughly how many? You don't have to tell exactly how many. Just you know, was it a thousand ish? Or because another one of the questions I guess I have is like, because I'm trying to like, I'm trying to picture like, well, how much money would that just be in? For example, like freeze dried strawberries that first month like was it like a $500 expense or was it was it way less than that or way more than that like what was that first like month if you can just kind of take me through the logistics of just an example you don't have to go through every little thing but yeah um that's a good question I think we didn't know how many we would sell in that first month, right? right? So it's it's October. We're going to do a pre-sale, so we're discounting them whatever it was, 20% off. Mm-hmm. I got no idea how many we're going to sell. And so we yeah. we said let's – we had to sign the six-month contract with the kitchen in advance. Okay. So mm-hmm. it's like, well, we got to get up at 3 in the, 3.30 in the morning. I don't want to be in there every day, but we got to pull – you know, we got to get this thing off the ground, but I don't want to get out over my skis because then – we're buying ingredients that we haven't so like how <laughs> yeah. do you balance all this how do yeah, like cash yeah. flow it that was a big problem so we said let's sign up for one day a week and lowball the uh, rest of the six month contract and then we'll renegotiate it if we need more time yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we renegotiated like twice more because we was like okay now we need we basically went one day a week two days a week three days a week as the months progressed within that first six months within that six months so that first initial purchase is just like a big question mark and you're like Gosh, we're gonna like what can we afford how much time do we got well that let me backtrack so yeah. we did the pre-sale for two weeks mm-hmm. at least two to three weeks prior mm-hmm. so based on the sales of that was how we made our purchases for that first month and so okay. we were kind of oh that makes sense we okay. were into the pre-sale even before we'd signed the contract so we had oh. some data okay we knew okay it's whatever it's you know this cool. amount is what we can sell it's almost like one of those farms where you pre say hey i want this many bushels of cucumbers and you're like okay and you take the money and we just hope everything's going to go to plan but if you don't really make that much then you have to renegotiate something else so you did the similar thing you're like hey everyone i've got this stuff for sale and then you just waited to see how much interest and you're like oh okay we got this much interest we'll buy about this much and maybe a little more right we to buy keep us going well with the fruit now we've started to stockpile it because it's harder to come by that's one of our ingredients that's been a little more fickle mm-hmm. um, but with the other things they're readily available the oats and the maple syrup and whatnot so we yeah i go um, to Costco once a week, once every two weeks. We generally buy enough ingredients for two to three weeks at a time um, that, yeah, of okay. everything with exception of the fruit and the oats, which we buy in larger quantities. Yeah. And then just kind of keep an eye on your sales. And as things go down, you can kind of um, get an idea of um, the schedule of things or get a feel for how much you're going to need at Costco right. the next week. That's interesting. Yeah, because that helps me get the, you know... Um, yeah, I probably wouldn't have done it as smart because even at the way I, I was helping try to clarify your question, I really, once you asked it, I was really wondering like, oh my goodness, like what kind of a leap are you taking? And and it would have been way smarter to like for two weeks, just kind of figure out what kind of business you're drumming up to then build that in. Small and then, leaps. Yeah. And then you asked another question too that I, so um, you have a, a, a kitchen that you're leasing out, um, you know, your, your, your um, a commercial kitchen that you're leasing out. But then, like, I'm, I'm assuming there they don't have, like, a storage facility for you to have, you know, food sitting in before it ships out. So maybe they do, though. 
Yeah, where do you keep the food before yeah. it ships out? <laughs> We've kept it um, sometimes at the kitchen, but hmm. you just need a, a place that the sanitarian um, is okay with. So oh, right, okay. right. As long as it's you know stored away from water, potential pests, uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. So you can keep it at the kitchen at this particular one that you're renting from or leasing. What's from. that? So you can keep the yes. You, okay, yep. cool. And that's an easy solution because then it's all sanitary. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's, it's, like a, right it's, it's an easy. inspected facility. Yeah, that's the preferred method um, per the sanitarian. Yeah, yeah, because then like, cool. like again in my brain, I'm I'm not necessarily an entrepreneurial type, and so I would have been like, we'll just keep it on pallets in the garage. You know, like that's just what I would have thought. Not even yeah. thinking, you know, regardless of where the end user um, consumer is going to keep it, because that doesn't matter because it's theirs and they're, they're going to eat it. And so like my Alpen fuel is in my closet in my in my room so the kids don't yeah. steal it right put like the convection oven in the in the crawl space and <laughs> right <Yeah>. right <laughs> and so I, I yeah. that's that's where i you know i buy food from you it goes it ends up in a in a box in my closet that's where my wife is comfortable with it and i can hide it from the kids um but yeah like the what about mice that are going to get in my garage like i wouldn't have even thought of that i'd just be like oh, yeah we'll palletize it put it in the garage yeah this will be fine yeah and then i probably would have been overtaken by mice and lose my business and so <laughs> well if you ever go on one of these food making endeavors you better call sean here he'll get you started on the right the frame of mind you know what i mean right well because you presented me with an idea of making soup you wanted to do like a dehydrated um kind of soup thing oh i told you i did that one time oh you did that yeah i saw oh. i saw some similar um like hey everyone look at this uh, you could be backpacking and have like a really nice dinner that's dehydrated in some way and i kind of got into that and i decided to try one that was a soup so i got the celery and the carrots maybe the onions you know like a mirepoix thing and then i think i was trying to um dehydrate i think i was trying to dehydrate meat that doesn't sound like me. Maybe, maybe I did. And um, it was just so interesting because I like the idea of um, like you're going to do a day trip or a day hike or whatever to have the hot coffee. You pour yourself some coffee, but then you pour the rest of that hot water into a jar with the dehydrated stuff in it. You close it up, you walk around until lunchtime, and then you can just eat. I mean, I just like that idea. I don't know. And then I realized how hard it was to dehydrate things. And yeah, I you, didn't. You'd put a kibosh on that idea but the whole kibosh i mean i'm interested when other people do it i like that idea i mean i'm just i like the i like the idea of coming up with something that just um, like a guy a friend of mine did jerky out of his house for a while and it, it, it wasn't it was just that he figured out how to do it and then he just came up with like interesting flavors that and then he sold to car salesman like we used to be you know yeah. like hey do you want to try some some of this mango habanero and you're like whoa i've never heard of that flavor before yeah let, let me try it it's just an interesting business. I just like the idea of it. Yeah, I, I can't do it. I don't. I don't know what it is. It. I'm only interested in hearing about it. I think <laughs> being around other people that do it because maybe I'm hungry. I guess maybe I'm thinking maybe this person will feed me at some point. Well, and and I have to tell you now for your idea, this is this is what you explained is exactly what I do. Okay. but it's it's with Alpen fuel, and so I'll make my coffee in the morning and then oh. pour the, pour the water into there uh -huh. and then. You can just ziplock it back closed, and you can eat it later on after you drink your coffee. And you're sitting down to glass for I'm glassing for bear or, or big game animals, and I'm mm. I'm eating yeah. food right there. Wow! And so you don't you don't need to make your own soup. Um, 
Just so you know. Fine. <laughs> so it's already being made for me. Yeah, it's already been made for you. That's and, good. And so that's where you and I are different. You always want to try stuff at home, and I'm like, yeah, yeah but somebody probably already does that. <laughs> I, I'm that way with Googling anything. Like if, you, like, if you come up with anything, I like to Google it, because I'm like, that probably already exists. Like, it's <laughs> too good of an idea yeah. to not yeah. already exist. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, as we, as we um, yeah, we're going we're gonna to close things out here. Okay. That was the wrong one. That was the wrong one. Um, as we close things out, I want to give all the listeners an opportunity. I know we've already kind of mentioned it, but this is your chance to kind of like tell everybody where they can find you. Um, maybe things that you have in the works. I know of a couple, couple things that are coming out. I don't know. Oh, wait, this one I know that you've already shared um, on Instagram. Um, but I don't know if you want to sure. shout out any of that stuff. So the website, alpenfuel.com, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Alpenfuel. And we have a locations page right at the top on our website on the menu that tells where you can buy at the 25, currently 25 stores. Uh, We offer free shipping over $50 US only on our website. Mm -hmm. And new things, we have the uh, cranberry white chocolate sorry i'm brain fart yeah cranberry white chocolate that we're coming out with that's our nut free granola that will get sent out later this week or next week to get shelf stability tested and then we have to have a run the labels by the state to get those made so we're still probably a month out on that flavor and i think that will be our final granola flavor mm. then Bums i won't me out. It's okay. Good. Well, for now, for now. <laughs> for now for now we said that two times ago yeah, yeah. so say, yeah. uh then we're just looking at other product lines really what makes the most sense for us and i won't spill the beans there because there aren't enough beans to spill yet we're still heavily into figuring out r&d and right you can spill beans that will never be beans yeah so it's not a good time to spill them anyway so during the off season i guess the trail season is about uh, may through october so yeah we're we're looking at r&d this winter but trip as far as shows go We'll be hopefully attending the Made in Montana show in Helena in March. Uh, that one we have yet to be accepted for. They haven't let people know yet. Mm-hmm. That one is a one-day show for vendors on Friday and a one-day show for the general public on a Saturday in mid-March. So In, can, in Helena, you in said? In Helena. Okay. You can come and see us there if we get accepted, hopefully. We were there last year. And then uh, we'll be attending Sheep Show in Reno in... Uh, first half of january so that's a mountain hunter convention and hopefully we can connect with dealers guides and mountain hunters there so that's our show schedule for now so always give us a shout on instagram and uh thanks for listening well and you're and you're 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 dealing with when you're when you're on instagram like you're you're literally dealing with sean like like when you message alpha fuel he's responding and uh, you're dealing with a small business made in America, manufactured, put together right here in America, and and you're helping a, a small local Montana business um, anytime that you purchase the food. And, and again, I'm not trying to deter anybody. There's other food makers. Uh, Peak Refuel is one of my favorite. Um, they're, they're Chad Mendez, little signature ones. I like those every once in a while. Honestly, the way I prefer is my breakfast and lunch is Alpen Fuel, and then my dinner is uh, one of the Chad Mendez, you know, elk ragu or something. And so I'm not trying to put anybody else down, but uh, this is a great opportunity to support 
local business right here in Montana and, and a great success story. It's really nice to hear, um, you know, somebody that was literally making food in their kitchen a year and a half ago. And, and now you've got a map that says 25 dealers and, uh, and it's, it's pretty cool. We, we look at our map every once in a while. I just shared it on our, our Instagram because we, we got, uh, uh, Canada. We've been waiting to get a listener in Canada. We've got one. We've got one in Australia, Austria, Germany. And so it's always cool to see those new little, for us, it's just little dots that line up and we never know where they're coming. We're not making calls to get people to listen to the podcast. They just kind of pop up every once in a while. Yeah. And so it's really cool to look at that map and and just see how right how and much the word of mouth and, and everything and, and also your hard work, how that's paying off. And so many people buy, I could promote it all I want to on Instagram or through having a website, but some people simply won't ever make a meal purchase online. They yeah. go to REI or Sportsman's Warehouse and mm-hmm. get it two minutes before they go out into the field. So that that was the push, get in front of those customers. That's We need food at everywhere we can get. So, so that's the way I operate is in the summer, spring, summer, I start ordering all my food for, for fall hunting. And I'll, I'll get a big purchase of, of well, you guys now and, and whatever other meals and stuff I'm going to use. And then they go in my box in my closet. But then I never have enough. Um, and so so then I don't do another internet, internet order. I'm trying to find it locally just because I'm, I'm going hunting in a couple of days. And I know it's not going to come in, you know. And so I go. And so it's really nice. if you If you're one of our listeners and you've got, you know, some outdoor or sporting goods store near you, um, you can you can send a message directly on Instagram uh, to Alpen Fuel, and and maybe if you have a connection there, you can help uh, help get it in a store near you. Um, it's it's actually a pretty simple process uh, to to get that done, and uh, help Sean out, help out a local business. But the the biggest thing is just check out his Instagram, um, their Instagram. I don't want to say just you, you and your wife. Check out their Instagram, their their Twitter or Facebook, wherever you're at. I think a lot of our listeners are on Facebook, even though I prefer Instagram. And so check out their Facebook and, um, and yeah, look them up, uh, order some food on their, their website. Um, and I'm, I meant to ask you, I always feel weird. I never know how to ask questions like this, but I wanted to ask you if we could get a little discount code just for our listeners. Absolutely. And I, and I totally forgot to ask you in enough time that we could put it on the podcast. Um, unless you just have one ready somehow magically right now. Um, or, and it was going it was going to be cool. Cause we would just wanted to know, Oh, how many people actually use that code? And, yeah. and you know, um, how many people and, could we and listen and, and give them like a little, little 10% off or something, you know, yeah. um, that, that would have been cool. And I, I totally messed it up. So, um, what do you want the discount to be called? Oh my goodness. Joe, what do you want it to be called? Um, you're better with the names. Bleh. Something simple. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. Get after it. One five. We're we're thinking we're thinking about rebranding. Okay, so we better make it. Yeah, so we want to make it maybe just like podcast. Can we just do that? Yeah. Podcast one five for fifteen percent off. Fifteen. There you go. Fifteen percent off if you go to the Alpen Fuel website and put in podcast one five. That's perfect. And, and don't be like me and try to um, l- look up the word Alpine without the E in it on the end. You got to wor- look up, um, this is a word like the, the name Al and then a pen that you would write with together. So Alpen. 
that's I was I was looking all over and I couldn't find it. Yeah, I had to, <laughs> I had to type in your phone for you. Alpen, yeah, yeah. Alpen. Yeah, and so if you've misheard us or or we haven't been saying it clear enough, A L P E. Alpen fuel. Fuel like mm-hmm. what you put in your body is or what in did, your gas tank. Where does Alpen come from? Do you, what's Alpen that? is a word that just means of or pertaining to the mountains. So it's Alpine is a little bit more used, maybe to the point of overused. And by that I mean it's common and also that there's no domains available with that of it you know oh right 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 so right. we went with something a little bit uh less common for those reasons otherwise Ooh. yeah the domain you'd have to buy from somebody else and it's yeah, not available yeah yeah, yeah. and I'll, of or pertaining to the mountains it's more fuel that's right on right that's right on brand right there right that's awesome nose. okay yeah. the code's created Code is created. As we were sitting here, he pulls out his phone Asked and an creates answer. a code just for you. Mm-hmm. And so don't don't waste this opportunity. Go there and type in podcast15 yeah. and get your 15% off uh, your first order. And and the cool thing is, is but it also helps the podcast. Uh, Joe and I eventually someday want to be able to have sponsors. And so the only way we can do that is we, we know the numbers of, of when we say, hey, go here and buy something, we can say, hey, we know that 12 people in a month bought from Alpen Fuel. And so this is kind of a cool way that we can do that. And we're driving business. It's helping everybody. You're helping the podcast. You're helping Sean. It'll be awesome. Yeah. That's great. Oh, I appreciate you doing that. I, yeah. I feel like I, I slacked off and then I didn't want to ask you last minute. And he, he came shining through. There and it so, is. Yeah, thanks for doing that. And then, uh, yeah, in like a month, we can be like, oh, how many people... How many people use the code? That'd be really cool. I'd like to know how many how many listeners out there help support us. Podcast fifteen. Podcast fifteen. Alpen fuel. All right, Sean. It's been a delight. Thank you for uh, meeting with us. It was a, del- a delicious, a delicious. It was a, it was a delicious, delicious conversation. Delicious conversation. It was a great drive over here, and I got to see my grandma too. So this all this all worked out really well. Yeah. And I've, I've been waiting to meet you in person. There was one time I was in town, and it just it didn't work out since we've met. And so I'm glad that we were able to do this. And uh, I hope we we get a few people to your website. And uh, yeah, I I really appreciate the time. No, thanks for the opportunity. These mean a lot to us. I mean, anybody that takes an interest in our brand, we can't, I mean, it's just amazing. Any dealer that's interested, any customer that's interested, we don't take a single one of them for granted and really appreciate it. Mm, yeah. Even listening to the, the podcast every little bit. So Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, appreciate Excellent. it. There's, there's only a few brands that I'm super loyal. I don't know how to even describe that. And there's a Montana Knife Company which I know you're, you're aware of Josh Smith over there in uh, Frenchtown. And it's very similar. I, I messaged them on Instagram and they responded and, and it was, it was, and then they're, they're made here in America, a small company and, and building up. And so it's yeah. really, it's really cool. And um, this is, this is a got to be one of my favorite brands for, for outdoor stuff is, is Alpha well, Fuel. And cus- I just really appreciate it. Customer service is so easy to get right and yet nobody does it it's insane i i mean i answer every single instagram post or excuse me message that i can i mean yeah. i within a day if i can within 10 minutes if i can it's yeah if you email me you'll get me if you call me you'll get me if you text me you'll get me it's that's just our obligation i think well and, and uh, helps drive the brand forward I know we were saying we were closing out, but I, I wanted to touch on real quick um, the the little mistake that happened with the, the one food and how you handled that really speaks to the character of the company 
and that you stood by your product. You emailed every customer that may have gotten some food that, that might taste a little off. It wasn't a danger to them or anything else, you know, just might not taste the greatest. And, and you took care of every single person that, that ordered, ordered your meal that might taste a little off. And there's many other companies out there that have just been like, yeah, you know, whatever, here's $5 off your next time, you know, blah, 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 blah. but like you, you took the time and you really handled that above and beyond what, what any business would. And so it ties in with that customer service thing. And if, if you want to invest in a company that's also going to invest in you, this is, this is definitely one to do it. Yeah. First impression means a lot. And that customer who gave us the bad review, we met her at a trade show in Portland yeah. and she came up to me and said, um, I'm the one who complained and that you left a voicemail for and emailed me and replaced my meals for. I'm the one who kicked off. And I said, thank you. Like you kicked off a one month investigation and shut our production down, but thank you. <laughs> like we didn't know how it could have been a terrible problem if we would have let it go farther. It was bad enough as it was. So I yeah. thanked her, gave her a discount and uh, we got to meet her in person. So that was kind of cool. Oh, that's awesome. Totally awesome. Oh, that's way and, awesome. And what would have happened if no one would have said anything? You know, you just have all that bad press out there. Uh, like, oh, these don't taste very more, good. Yeah, one review... I don't know. It's right. And she would have told everybody she talked to, oh, yep. don't try them. But now she's like, yeah, they're amazing. She's right? a customer when, when they're for out life. There, she's a customer for life now. And just, just like me, like I'm a customer for life just because of our, our interaction. And so mm -hmm. it, it almost made me a little sad when you're like, oh, we were close to just, you know, calling it calling it kaput and i'm like no. oh no like this is this i want this i would have bought all of your stock yeah. i would have just like bought it all even though it's only good uh, for 18 months i would have done the best i could to like try to get as much as i can yeah. before you were done making it so yeah anyway uh Those are, yeah just mental ups and downs that week i mm -hmm. i was i was yeah it was a bad week but all the rest of the weeks have been positive so thankful for that mm. oh beautiful well thank you sean anything else from you joe Nope, I'm good. All right. I've been Brian. I've been Joe. We'll, we'll see, see you next show. show.